0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman.
0: We play.
2: because you know Kelsey Ballerini's not going to wake up in the head of Bo or Bernie or Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> standing ovation from the studio audience. Nobody else clapped.
3: I didn't know we were clapping. We didn't talk about it.
4: Well, you could have clapped. Yeah, it didn't
3: take long to clap. I wasn't ready. Oh,
5: all
6: right. Yeah, well,
4: I think the issue that. is, Bernie, I'm usually the one who's clapping with my giant monkey hands, <laughs> and these guys aren't used to, you know, having to clap because I make enough clap noise for all of us. I couldn't clap for myself. We were though. clapping <laughs> That'd inside. That would be weird. Oh, thank you. Internal
2: <laughs> thank clapping. you. That's right. It's a, a giant studio audience inside. <laughs> Theater of the Mind Well, Welcome back <laughs> Thank
4: glad you Glad to have
2: you here And it's not the same When you're not here That's for sure
4: I, I miss you guys It's always weird To be gone
2: I had a baby Yesterday It was
4: weird <laughs> It was born
2: <laughs> Like on the show
5: Wow
4: yep. wow yeah,
5: we found out the gender and then it was born like five minutes later.
4: You know, time, man. It and was time. quick,
3: and we needed you because like the three of us were like, cool, good job, guy." It's like <laughs> it we, was, need, we need some Beth, uh,
4: needed some Beth. You needed some Beth stuff. Love. It's
2: true.
3: And I'm <laughs>
4: so excited. And now he's tw-
2: now he's 12. Wow, I'm 12 already. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the, your kid is ready for college. Can I have a cell phone yet?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you you laugh, but but it it happens fast. Ooh. Let me just tell you that.
4: I'm telling you, they say that as a parent, the days are long, but the years are fast. Mm-hmm. Or the years are You'll short. You'll be singing Cats in the Cradle the rest
2: of the day now
3: <laughs> in the Silver Spoon.
2: So Beth's back in the house and uh, Bernie's having a boy if you're, if you're just joining us. and me, uh, it's just Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I did? You know what I did on Monday? I played the Kermit song. I said, I said, I don't wake up with songs in my head like different ones every day, but I have these songs that I hum, which is either the Kermit song from Muppets Take Manhattan or it's the all-in-the-family theme.
4: Are these the songs that you just hum while you're walking around your house in the morning? Yeah. And it's always the same songs? It's,
2: uh, yeah, it's like just a few different ones. But, I mean, almost always it ends up working its way around to... Uh, That's Kelsey Ballerina. This one. I don't know why. Wait, what? You hum this? Yes. Really? I do. I don't know why. Yeah, and we got into this conversation the other day, but I didn't even bring that part of it up, but it is true. Like, no, I think there are probably a lot of people out there, because uh, not everybody wakes up with a song, a different song in their head every day, but I bet there are a lot of people that have kind of go-to songs that you hum, and you don't even time. know why you're doing it. Like, I have no, I have no idea why that's what it is. But Don't you
4: also sometimes hum the Mr. Belvedere theme <laughs> as well? Isn't that your other one that comes into your that's mind?
2: The, that's the third one.
4: Yeah. You're See, exactly right. I, could, <laughs> I could never explain why I have songs in my head. I have no idea why. These are not easy songs to
3: keep trapped in your <laughs> head. I know. I never said I was normal. Never, <laughs> never met <laughs> <it> before. <laughs> Who cares?
2: <laughs> it is. My boiled egg. Just shows you how stuck in the 80s I am. Well, in, in the case of All in the Family, the 70s, but 70s and 80s. And Muppets, Tame Manhattan was in 1983, so there you go.
0: Have I
4: woken up to a, a, a theme song from a, maybe the Golden Girls? Did I wake up to the Golden Girls theme song? But that's an actual real song, too. I know that I've woken up to the Jardians theme song yes. for the <laughs> God, <laughs> every
3: every time it comes on, and they've got a new one out too.
4: I know they do have a new one. Between him,
3: between that, and Gronk being excited about gambling, oh my God, I cannot I see that stop.
2: So much on Hulu, stop.
4: Live. Yeah, I've been watching that Gronk <laughs> oh. be excited. It's about like it a five-second spot,
2: but it runs every five seconds. Can I? Uh, can I just do the trifecta here? The yep. trifecta, just to get it out of my system. This, this is the other one.
4: Look at me. Do you
2: Really walk around <laughs> doing here this. Here
4: I am. So you have Kermit lives in your soul, apparently. <laughs>
2: you do it in his voice, <laughs> Mr. B- yeah.
4: Kermit the Do You
2: marry a pig?
4: Well, that's the big question. Do you hear it as Kermit in okay. your head?
2: Like, an old like I am Kermit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. You know, I never thought about that, but probably what so. Can you do the entire Kermit show in Kermit's voice today.
5: <laughs> Kermit the Thompson. <laughs>
3: Traffic and weather together, pig. piggy. Do you
7: know Boomer von Cannon? Oh
3: my gosh, that was really good. <laughs> to when marry Mary does it every day apparently.
7: To marry a pig? <laughs> maybe you can bring home the bacon.
2: All right, that's enough.
4: <laughs> I think I would have to be what animal in that in the moped scenario? Would I be Animal or Fozzie maybe?
2: Fozzie Bear. That's the other thing, you know. It, it, Gonzo. Uh, uh, us, you know, kids. We we didn't realize it at the time, but uh, there were only only about three or four people who did Muppet voices because oh, Foz, Fozzie is all done B- by James K. Flynn. Fozzie is Bert.
4: <laughs> Fozzie is the same as Bert.
2: Absolutely the same as Bert. In fact, if you play them side by side, oh, then, and and Ernie, tell. Ernie is yeah. the same as Kermit. Yeah. It, you know it's, it's Jim Henson and Frank Oz are the two guys that did the, so many of those voices, and there are a bunch of other ones too. So when you actually sit down and listen to them, when you're bored like me and have you know time on your hands, and you do these
3: things,
4: and you compare the voices of yeah. the Muppets, Ernie.
2: Yeah. Spoiler alert for your baby: the ABC
3: song is actually "Twinkle Twinkle <laughs> Little Star," the oh. same song. Oh, well, and um, once the... you'll, just, you'll discover that one day when you go, oh my god, it's the same song. <laughs>
4: will also be... What is it that um, you have to hear over and over again? Is it Baby Shark? Is it Baby Shark? Is that still a thing? The, There's
5: only one song my child's going to hear over and over again.
4: The yeah. NC State theme song?
2: He's managed to play this twi- twice this week, and it's only Wednesday.
4: Oh, Creed?
2: <laughs> well, and and Zoki actually had the best one of all. It's still the go-to one when you talk about uh, the same song. I mean, this one right here. What do you do with the drunken sailor? sailor. Early in the morning. See? It's NFL films, and it's also what do you do with With the the drunken sailor? What do you do with the drunken?
4: Which is also the song that's like playing in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, isn't it? Like Mm -hmm. in Disney World? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what they're playing?
2: The drunken sailor. Okay, well Beth is back. I'm back and we're talking
4: about (laughs) random stuff.
2: This is what we did while you were gone. Oh is it? Cool. We're catching up. Yeah.
4: I have so much to catch you guys up with on. Since
2: (laughs) it is early in the morning. Well, Actually, it doesn't matter the time of day. It's all day traffic, and in the traffic center, he's happy Beth is back, too. I know he is because we were talking about it. Yes. Boomer Von Cannon. Yes, welcome back, Beth. Yes.
3: Hi, now baby we're
4: doll.
2: We're all complete now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great to
4: have you back. Hey, baby. Oh, thank you. You sound you like a
3: waitress at a Waffle House when you get that. <laughs> I know.
4: <laughs> That's right. Hey, when I was a waitress at a barbecue <laughs> joint, I totally did that. What can I get yeah. you, baby doll? <laughs> hey, baby.
2: <laughs> all right, there we go. News Talk eleven ten WBT Wednesday February twenty first. Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman sounds so good to say that.
4: Ah, I love you.
2: And Wednesday sounds so good to say Teresa Payton who joins us now as she always does the founder of Fortiless Solutions and our longtime cybersecurity expert. Good morning to you.
8: Hooray, good morning to you. It's great to be with you, Bow.
2: So, um, I got something to start off with here, and I can't say I'm that surprised to be saying it, but I am wondering if you're hearing the same thing. We, we talk so much about the Apple Vision Pro. Mm. I was in South Park the other day. I walked past the Apple Store. It was as hopping as it always is, and I saw all these, uh, these, these, uh, these, what do you even call them? Headsets, I guess, that were Vision lying on the...
4: Vision Pro headsets. <laughs>
2: and people were lining up to try them on, but already now, you're starting to hear stories about a month in, not even a month in, of uh, comfort issues, headaches, eye strain, among the top reasons people say they're returning their Vision Pro headsets. And, uh, you know, ret- you got to gotta keep that receipt when it's $3,500 a pop there, Teresa.
8: Yeah, absolutely do. And, you know, I wish Apple had asked me my thoughts on this because, uh, I mean, let, let's just stay in the real world. But I actually tried um, a different version of these on at a Disney conference years ago, and I said, nope, this isn't for me. It's too clunky. It's too heavy. Um, the, it, it, it's very kludgy, the technology. and um I'm not surprised that people are returning them. I am disappointed in Apple. They used to be known for doing very rigorous consumer acceptance testing. Yeah. Um, And I'm just wondering, who is their pilot group (laughs) for this technology? And so uh, But they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and try again. But for anybody who's been on the sidelines wondering, should I make this kind of financial investment? I think take a look at what other consumers are saying, which is nope.
2: Well, so we were talking about this last week when the first, or a few weeks ago when the, they they first became available. And you know, there's that old saying, and we've talked about it with you about uh, you don't want to you don't want to try one of these products the first time around. You want to let it go through a few cycles so they can get the kinks out. But it's nowhere near uh, consumer level. For, I mean, your average person is not going to have uh, a discretionary money to throw around for thirty five hundred dollars. Right. So my question for you, Teresa, is: Do you think this is one of those things that Apple is knows that it's got to you know wait? Through and, and and in five or ten years, will this will the is this going to be something that the the greater public adopts? It's just going to be a slow process, or do you think this is uh, this is a misfire?
8: Uh, this is a misfire. This is going to go the way of uh, Betamax. I think um, this is a, a big misfire. I mean, somebody said they burst a blood vessel in their eye <gasps> using the device. I would like to hear from the medical co- medical community on this. I. I I just don't think we understand what we could be doing to our brain, our vision, our hearing with this technology. I'm already concerned about screen time Mm -hmm. um, and looking at too many screens for everything that we need to do in our eyesight. Um, so I, I think this is a huge misfire. I think there will be virtual reality, but um, in sort of its common form, this idea that it's going to be goggles that you put on or a helmet or something like that, I think that is going to go by the wayside, and we'll have something lighter, easier to use, and less challenging on our physical nature. So um, more more to come on this technology, but um, I I'm I'm underwhelmed.
4: Well, let's stick with Apple um, for this next question because this, this headline surprised me because for years I have heard that if I drop my phone in the toilet or in the sink or wherever you get your iPhone wet, everyone has always said just put it in, put it in a bowl of rice. Like stick it in the rice. It's going to be fine. You'll be okay. But now Apple is saying stop putting your wet iPhones in rice. What are we
8: supposed to do? I
2: know. Go buy the Vision Pro.
8: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Go buy the Vision Pro. Go back in time and buy your phone and don't drop it in water. Right. That's what you're supposed to do, Beth. But just in case you can't do that. You know, it's funny because um, a lot of people have said the bag of rice. I've seen some people actually use that effectively. Yeah, I've done it. Oh, did it work for you? Yeah.
4: I, I'm sorry. I'm really sad to say that I dropped my phone in the toilet and I got it out, which that was probably the biggest mistake that I made. But then it was totally fine after putting it in rice. Well, there
8: you go. Well, you know, what's interesting. So The Verge um, did a study to try and figure out where did this come from? And they said it was actually came from photographers. So back in the 1940s, they used to store their uh, film and their cameras in rice to keep protect them from moisture. Um, you know, so there you go. But uh, but they're saying don't do that because you may actually expose your phone to particles in rice. Uh, you know, they say don't dry your phone, don't try to use cotton, don't you know, just basically unplug it, don't touch it, leave it for time to dry out, and then come back to it. You know what, Beth, I agree with you. Some people um, have used the rice method and it's worked for them. So I just say, you know, look at the rice that you have, see if you want to work, try it. It's definitely better than having to buy a new phone. Uh, But I love the fact that you were so honest, Beth, about where you dropped it, because I have to tell you, running support desks for so many years, people would say to me, "Uh, I dropped it in a puddle. I'm like, wow, that's a really deep puddle.
4: Mm." (laughs) The the way that it happened is I had it in my back pocket and completely forgot it was in my back pocket. And then you just go to do to tinkle and then it Uh, falls right in the toilet. (laughs)
2: Yeah, A a puddle of what? So later today, that
8: happens to many.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Later today, NVIDIA Corporation's earnings are due. And uh, so uh, that's an event in and of itself. But how big an event is this? Well, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs Group's uh, trading desk has called NVIDIA the most important stock on planet Earth right now. That is saying something. And what does that say to you?
8: Uh, well, this is not the time to buy the stock, and that was not a that was not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, but this is so telling of where we are in the life cycle of technology, as far as generative AI, AI algorithms, uh, big data analytics, as well as cryptocurrency, blockchain. These technologies rely on having very Fast computing power, and Nvidia is one of the key players in that. This is astounding to me, um, where we're headed. But this, you know, this one stock is potentially driving kind of some of the ups and downs of the market. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to hear once the earnings come out what they have to say as far as the future goes and what that's going to mean for the market, but also for the supply chain of technology. Um, Kind of what that is such a historic statement from Goldman's trading desk.
2: Yeah, NVIDIA, the most important stock on planet Earth right now. So uh, earnings numbers coming later today uh, in the financial sector. We'll keep a watch on that for you. Got to stop it there with Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert. Always good to talk to you.
0: Always great to be with you, Beth and Bo. Be safe out there. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: 638 on WBT, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman on your Wednesday morning. Boy, it was a it was a busy Tuesday. A lot going on in the state of South Carolina, and understandably so, because we're just days away now from the South Carolina primary. Yeah. But we got word that Nikki Haley was going to make a speech at noon yesterday on the state of the presidential race. Mm-hmm. So so look, a, a bit of an, an odd move at this stage of the game. You're a couple of days away. Uh, you're used to candidates making uh, stump speeches, but you don't usually make sort of a... And what it ended up being is it sounded like... Um, If you were just listening to the audio, I'm going to play some of it for you here in a minute, you would think that you're at... Either a concession or a, celebra- a concession speech or a victory speech, because mm. you have the supporters in the room and you hear her talking in a certain cadence. But uh, at noon yesterday, a lot of reporters gathered because the first speculation naturally was, OK, is she going to get out of the race?
4: Right. I think that's what most people were thinking when they heard that she was calling the the, the, the press conference speech.
2: Now, I had uh, Ralph Norman, congressman, on yesterday, and I asked him out of the gate. Uh, what's going on? Do you know anything about this? And he said, well, Bo, I was with her, uh, up until last night, the night before last now. And he said, there was no indication. And I, I, and Norman of course said, she's going to say what she's going to say, uh, kind of code language for, I don't, I don't know for a fact until she says what she's going to say. Cause maybe they don't tell me everything, but based on what I know, and I would think I would know, uh, she's not getting out of the race today. Yeah. So um, Nikki Haley uh, at the microphone at noon today came out of the gate, and here's what she said:
9: I feel no need to kiss the ring. <laughs> I have no fear of Trump's retribution. I'm not. I'm not looking for anything from him my own political future is of zero concern so i hear what the political class says but i hear from the american people too
2: you see what i mean it sounds like she's in the setting where she's with her supporters and it sounds like an election night speech
9: yeah yeah
2: right okay so then uh she worked her way around and this is about what like a 30 minute speech at least uh haley talked about uh her immediate plans
9: i'm used to people questioning my intentions So I'll make a few things clear. Some people used to say I was running because I really wanted to be vice president. I think I've pretty well settled that question. Other people say I'm trying to set up a future presidential run. How does that even work? If I was running for a bogus reason, I would have dropped out a long time ago. The rest of the fellas already did that. They have their own plans. I don't judge them, but I'm still here. I'm fighting for what I know is right, and I don't care what the party leaders and political elites want. I'll keep fighting until the American people close the door. That day is not today, and it won't be on Saturday, not by a long shot
2: and that is consistent with what she told us last
4: week, yeah, very i mean it's she's staying on point and uh, with what she has been saying all along that she has always believed that she was an underdog in every or and she said this to us last week that in every race that she's ever run, that she has come in as the underdog with very low polling numbers, and then somehow through hard work and determination, ends up you know succeeding in the end. And there was actually an opinion piece yesterday in uh, USA Today about her speeches and about the speech that she made, and this particular opinion was saying that it was a powerful Nikki Haley moment that should have been a turning point and would have been a turning point in any other political campaign except for this one. I'm
2: going to tell you what it was at a base level. It was a shrewd move because she got free media for the better part of an hour on all the networks because, uh, you know, she said I'm making a speech and everybody thought it was one thing and it ended up being not that, but she you know, had a chance to to, to say her piece and sort of, I, I don't know if reset the word is the right thing, but at least to give you an update on where things are and uh, everybody was covering it in a yeah. way they wouldn't have if she'd not said, sort of set it up the way she did. So if you're looking at it Far as a, a politically savvy move, uh, you know, in hindsight, it looks like a pretty smart one. Well,
4: I think she's taking a, a, a note from Trump's playbook. I mean, Donald Trump is the master of earned media, of just keeping the attention of the media. And she did that yesterday. And you're right, that was a shrewd political move because she got thousands and thousands and thousands worth of dollars of free advertising, basically. Of her name, her campaign, and then people were paying attention to the words she was saying in her speech. And I think that's what she wanted more than anything, is she wanted people to hear her words.
2: Speaking of the guy who uh, who, who knows how to get the free media better than anybody we've ever seen, he was on Fox last night with Laura Ingram in a town hall setting, and he was asked about uh, what he thought of what Nikki Haley had said earlier in the day.
10: She's not working. She's here. She's down by 30, 35 points and everybody knows her you're not supposed to lose your home state shouldn't happen anyway and she's losing it big big i mean really uh i said big lee and Big
6: Lee
10: <laughs> bigly but we're gonna we're gonna really do a job i think that uh as you know when we went to iowa we got the biggest margin in the history of the caucus the biggest that's a long time
4: why do you think we, she's staying in the race
10: um i don't think she knows how to get out actually uh, I really don't. She did terribly in New Hampshire. She got mo- the only vote she but got was the Democrats. she has a lot of money Democrats. behind her. What do they think? They're well, they're out. trying to hurt me because of the general election. So the Democrats are giving her money and she's playing into the game. And I think she just can't get she just can't get herself to get out. Uh, she's doing poorly in the polls. Look, if she was doing well, I'd understand it. But she's doing very poorly. She lost uh, in record numbers in Iowa, record numbers in New Hampshire, uh, Nevada. Uh, No name beat. No name. We had no name.
2: So that was Trump on Fox last night. And so a day closer to the South Carolina primary. And Nikki Haley is still in it.
4: And uh, onward we march. Into Saturday and then into Super Tuesday.
2: Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman. Ty Boyd Studio. You know, we've done stories... In the past few years about uh, how many people are, are still buying vinyl records?
4: Yeah, the nostalgia of vinyl.
2: Yeah, you see vinyl all over the place. I mean, that's not a—and vinyl is—I uh, mean, you've got the people who bought vinyl on the on the first go-round who mm-hmm. say, okay, this was my favorite to begin with. I'm, I'm glad to buy this again. And then you have uh, younger people who think vinyl's cool, and it's kind of got this sort of stigma to it that you're retro and you're, Hip. and it's got that deep sound. Vinyl sounds better than cassettes or CDs ever did.
4: Well, I I think it's honest sounds to deeper. God, it's the click, it's the click of the needle on the vinyl itself. You hear the song, but you also hear that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like the just when the needle first hits. This, the record before the song starts playing you don't get that anywhere else
5: i feel robbed because i've never experienced that before oh
4: but, dropping but, a needle on a vinyl but I've you
5: never can experienced it. like you can go out and buy a record
2: player it's an now. expensive hobby i've heard it is expensive i mean you can buy you can buy a cheap one for i don't know 40 50 bucks yeah
5: yeah, yeah. and then i'll i'll just get into buying records though and those can get up to
2: but yeah, here's, here's what i'm getting at here so you 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 could buy a vinyl record if you wanted to have you ever bought a cassette
5: I have not physically bought a cassette, but I have listened to a cassette before, you know, when I was younger.
2: And you probably were very unimpressed. Yes.
4: yes. <laughs> as, as we all were. I bought,
2: I mean, I, I don't know how many thousands of cassettes oh. I've, I've bought in my life. So and, many. And I'm here to tell you that I grew up in that age and I don't miss it at all because they were a pain in the, in the you know what? I mean, the, you know, the tape player would eat the tapes. You know, you'd have to get your pencil out to wind them up. I, I, I hated the ta- The s- and don't even get me started on the high bias.
4: Well, <laughs> that just made it worse. Well, with a record you could lift, you could figure out where in the record you would mm-hmm. go to hear the song you wanted to hear. On a cassette, you had to fast forward and rewind over and over again and try to match the codes on the the deck to find out to get to the song you wanted to hear, and then the deck would eat your tape and then you had to get that pencil out and like re-roll it <laughs> back up into your cassette.
2: Now the one thing I do miss Is mixtapes I love oh, making some
4: I did too I mean
2: I I, I think uh, I don't know how many Blank tapes I bought in my life
4: Oh so many I used to go Like our band Our marching band Went on a cruise My freshman year mm-hmm. To um, the Bahamas We played in like San Juan And we went I mean San Juan's not the Bahamas We went to Puerto Rico as well But we, our, our band played And I made like 16 mixtapes to take So I could listen to them On the bus And on the boat itself Like I made so many Of those mixtapes
2: And then they uh, you know, every once in a while, one would melt on your dashboard in your car because you yep. left it in the sun. Yep. And uh, I still have all my cassettes. I, I still know oh, exactly yeah, where I they don't. all are. But here's why I'm mentioning yes, this. Yes. Yes. Sorry, you're burying to... the lead. This is uh, and Billboard Magazine just released numbers on cassette sales for 2023. Cassette sales are still a very small fraction of the recorded music uh, retail market. Point. Four one percent of all albums sold in the u s. last year were cassettes. Now
4: my question is, where the heck is anybody buying cassettes? That was my first question. So if there if it's still almost half a percent of the sales, where is that store? And it must be that one store that's selling all of them because I have not seen a cassette anywhere except maybe in my garage in a box somewhere. Now, you can buy cassettes online i'm not
2: i'm not that doesn't seem far fetched to me but who's got a cassette player I mean, yeah.
4: I mean, who still
2: has, uh, if you still have a cassette player from the, and I guess you can go on eBay and, and, and buy old cassette players, but who is selling new cassette players? I mean, really, what's the market for that?
4: Yeah, are jam boxes coming back? I mean, because the 80s are back. We know that from from the way people are dressing, I guess maybe the 80s and the 90s are back. But like, remember the gigantic jam mm-hmm. boxes that people carried on their shoulders? Is that becoming a thing? Is that why cassettes are a thing again? And like. But
2: see, this is where the... They are? But see, this is the thing. You can go, you can go in a Best Buy right now, and you can buy what looks like a boom box, and it's a, a, like, uh, there's the JVC, and Sony still makes them, but they're not that the, the the deal is you're not playing cassettes it's on them. Bluetooth, it's Bluetooth, right? It's Bluetooth. You're you're plugging your phone into them, or you're doing the uh, you're streaming music to them. But my point is, this is talking about the uh, and and the story, just like a uh, you know numbers of cassette sales in 2024. And I'm thinking, how are there any? I just don't understand who's still got a cassette player, or who who can go out and buy a new one somewhere. Where's the market for that? And how expensive
4: now, are they? How how much does a cassette cost? Because remember how it used to be like. 1 hour photo. It was 5 bucks or something mm-hmm. to get your photos developed. If you have real film film. film If you have real film now, you have
2: some film in your you have, set player. If
4: you have real film now and you try to get it developed, it takes like 2 weeks to get them back and it costs you $85.
2: Well, if case you wanted to know Beth, uh the number the number one, this is no surprise to anyone. The number one Selling cassette for 2023, what'd you think it was?
4: See, I would think it would be like Willie Nelson or something because John it, would, Denver. it would be the people who, like us, who w- listened to cassettes initially. It was, of course, Taylor Swift. Of course it was. Uh, of course it was. <laughs> now,
2: uh, Taylor Swift was one and two, but Guardians of the Galaxy, the soundtracks, are in the top five as well. Now, that at least makes a syner- little bit of synergic sense, sense because yeah. the whole deal with uh, that, that uh, movie was, uh, uh, you know, Star Lord made cassette. Mixtapes and yeah. they sold those as a soundtracks. But, and it, th- it's nostalgia. The,
6: it doesn't
1: sound that good coming off a, cons- a cassette well,
2: compared yeah. to what we have now. And that's what that that was what we were saying. You know, I, I grew up as I, I grew up smack in the middle of the cassette era, yep. and I bought more cassettes than any other medium. And I am here to tell you today, I have no nostalgia for how those cassettes sounded because yeah, <laughs> they sounded either. awful,
4: terrible. But yeah. I would like a mixtape. I would like somebody to make me a mixtape again. <laughs>
2: You can do that on Spotify. It just doesn't, doesn't feel the
4: same But way. how do you send it to somebody? Do you send well, it? Well, you can, can actually, send it? yeah, you can crowdsource them. But then don't, they have to have Spotify and then everybody's got to buy it. Like the mixtape before was a free gift.
0: That is free. true.
2: That is true until the tape
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Quarter 8 to 10. The news Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. You know, everything's all a right.
7: feeling.
2: My apologies. I'm high on the To the Guardians of the Galaxy.
6: That you're in love with.
2: I mistakenly told you that Taylor Swift had the top spot in cassette sales last year. It, in fact, was the Guardians of the Galaxy at number one. Taylor Swift at number two with her 1989 album. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and 3 were at three and four. Then Taylor Swift at number five. Nirvana, Metallica, more Guardians of the Galaxy, Barbie, the album, and Phoebe Bridgers.
4: Oh, it sounds like a normal list of of high selling (laughs) artists. You know what's gonna absolutely be a tell of my age is when I hear this song, I do not think of Guardians of the Galaxy. And the ladies out there will know exactly what I'm about to say. When I hear that song, I think about the dancing baby on Ally McBeal. (laughs) She kept singing. The the great thing about that show is it would show kind of what she was imagining or what the things that she would see in her mind's eye. And that song, she would hear that song and then she would see this dancing cartoon baby. And that's all I think. When you started playing that, I was like, oh, Ally McBeal. And then we started talking Guardians of the Galaxy and I was like, man, I'm old.
2: Now see, uh, my son, I uh, started listening to Queen a lot because of the movie, uh, the Freddie Mercury uh, yeah. biopic yes. that came out a few <laughs> years ago. And, and when I hear this song, you know what I think of.
4: Oh, you think of Wayne's World. Yeah,
2: it's Wayne's World, 1991. Right. But it's funny how they uh, sort of repurpose songs and they become to different generations different things
4: yes and it's kind of I don't know in your heart it just uh, this is a nostalgia song for us for a, a specific reason but I would imagine for the people who were initially oh, yeah. listening to Queen it has a whole different feel yeah
2: I know when this movie came out you know there are a lot of people like these kids think this is a Wayne's World right? soundtrack thing <laughs> <laughs> but they use it so well in the movie
4: oh it's so great when they're headbanging in the pinto it's just awesome
2: little Bohemian Rhapsody gentlemen <laughs> were they listening on a cassette well see that the thing. Yes. Yes, I'm assuming they were. And I know when I bought the soundtrack to Wayne's World, it was on cassette. Here's the other thing. Uh, We were talking about, uh, and and Zoke, uh, you're walking into this, but the the headline that got us down this road, last year's five best-selling cassettes to which my question was, who's buying cassettes anywhere? And or manufacturing yeah. them, even. You
4: Where know? are they getting them? Well, we got a message at at WBT.com from Kevin, who says that cassettes are available through unique pre-sale bundles. And this, this is why Taylor Swift is successful. Taylor Swift has a cassette shop online. So she like releases in a limited number because of course she does she she releases her cassettes in a limited number and people go online and buy the cassettes bernie i'm gonna
2: blow your mind right now when i was a kid you could buy 28 cassettes for a penny shut the front door (laughs) columbia house but you had to buy 10 at full price you did and you actually had (laughs) you actually had you know it's almost like buying a timeshare (laughs) it's like you had to actually tape a penny You taped a penny to this uh, little form, and then you mail it, and they would send you back. It's called Columbia House. And then there was BMG and all these other
3: ones. And you would pick
2: out what albums or whatever you want to call them? By
3: picking out little stamp-looking stickers and pasting Mm. them on the little box. That is so cool.
4: What a fun way to go about getting something, right? You have to do the stamps. You have to tape the penny. You have to mail it in with its own little stamp and physically go to a mailbox and do it. And then you'd get that 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 little and, and one day somebody figured
3: mail. out there's no way Columbia House could hold you to having to buy the full price <laughs> ones like we were just like all like you know honor system like with the That's snack right. boxes like we just <laughs> did it and then we somebody figured out like they can't really legally like take you to Court, if you didn't buy anything, but
2: so that they would the, lose money because you would
3: get the twenty-eight for free and never follow up on your part.
2: But that was the idea: that you buy twenty-eight uh, CDs for a penny, and oh, by the way, you get to buy uh, that twenty-eight more regular plates over the next five years. Right? <laughs> uh, but you didn't hear me say that. Uh, That's and, why LimeWire became a thing. <laughs> well, to, to your to that generation, it's kind of in, in Napster and LimeWire. That's it was that years. it was that whole mentality of too good to be true. Yeah. And there was uh, there was fine print that you didn't see initially. And look, you can parlay that into anything in life. Well, right? didn't
4: you feel like when Napster came out i felt like i was breaking the law it was kind of like when you got well, a. we were
2: yeah i was about to say we were you were
4: when you, when you got a, yes. a, a a vhs tape and it had the fbi warning on it and if you ever made a copy of a vhs tape you're like oh my god my dad's gonna go to prison the only thing
2: worse than this is the mattress thing
5: oh i was just about to say the mattress <laughs> like tag.
4: The tag off
2: uh ed is uh, on line one ed wants to say hello good morning ed
4: hey
11: Hey, White World, Party Town, excellent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
6: hey,
11: when you talk about, it. now I haven't bought a cassette in years, but I got a couple years on you guys. I'm 53. But I still have an original Sony Walkman, the yellow one. Oh,
4: the that was, yellow that one? That was the Sports Walkman. The Sportsman, yes. Correct, Bo. It had the little, because yep, it changed. They didn't have the little, yep. the, the big earphones. They stuck in your ear.
11: <laughs> oh, yeah yeah you had the big earphones and yeah it still works i keep making sure the batteries are not in it so that's the last thing i wanted to do is having them explode oh. but what got me to want to call was when you uh now the other part going through the uh, 90s and stuff when people used to play sets backwards and i never wanted to mess any of mine up but i was going to high school in 89 one year and or one day, <laughs> yeah, one year, <laughs> and one day, and I actually hit some uh, ice up in Connecticut, and my car spun out. No, uh, I had Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, in the uh, cassette player, and when I spun around and came to a stop, this cassette was actually playing backwards. <gasps> oh wow!
4: What? Oh my gosh, and, Ed. Yeah.
11: And I was, and so I go, yeah, no, this, I'm dead serious.
4: Did you have a Ouija, Ouija board anywhere in your car? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> he
11: said, <laughs> no, I don't.
2: <laughs> and backwards, it said, Ed, I one day I'm going to have a reality show with my kids.
11: <laughs> and then, but I, I didn't have a Ouija board, but I did have my, uh, my feathers that I used to get at the skating rink hanging up in the back window.
4: Oh, my gosh, you had the feathers. Yes. Ed, I feel like I know <laughs> I, you. I feel like maybe we knew each other when we were young.
11: I used to get pulled over all the time so the cops can check them, but I said, no, those aren't the ones. I mean, I, no, I don't know. What are you looking for? <laughs>
4: They're not for my doobies.
2: These aren't the droids you're looking for. Move along. At
11: the, at the same time, now, I could put any other cassette in there. It plays straight. I, now, I still have that Blizzard of Oz, and you put it in any cassette, it's,
4: oh.
11: it it's Oh. It's never reflipped itself. Wow.
4: Wow. That's <laughs> a Wow. It,
11: Ed,
2: thanks for calling, man. we got to put a pause oh, on this conversation.
11: All right. You guys have a good day. We, we love you, Ed. You
2: too, man. A traffic check right now. Boomer Von Cannon standing by. with a the cassette case full. Yeah. <laughs> I know you got cassettes.
4: Do you have one of those shoulder bags still? I had a shoulder bag that I could keep Wait. all my cassettes and, in. And, oh, and co-
2: man. And come on. Who made the cassette cases? The only the only decent ones were made by... Was it
4: like JFG or J... JF-
2: case Logic. <laughs> case logic. It,
4: I did not have the cool one, apparently, because ah, mine was logic. made like GIF, by Jif Peanut Butter. <laughs> <laughs> was, no, Beth had GPS. I had, <laughs> I had like the one that you got. JFG a, a coffee? As, maybe so. It was probably like a free gift. But like
2: <laughs> Eckerd's used to have a line of products called by GPX. That's probably what it was. And I, I my first Walkman was a red GPX. That thing was a piece of crap. Oh. I uh, probably
4: had the GPX case, and it had a little zipper, and it had the plastic little slots you put your cassettes in.
2: Yes. I love the uh, Walkman. D- I still use mine all the time. I just became Vince Coakley. That was crap. <laughs> <laughs> News Talk 1110 WBT. All bumpers today on this show played on cassette. <laughs> Not laser. <laughs> yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> Beth Troutman's back. Bo here and the Zoke and Bernie and uh, waiting on the line. I, I brought up this story. Cassette sales down last year. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, it's
4: like... How is is this a thing? (laughs) What is this, 1991? I can't believe we're even talking about cassette sales. They're at about 0.5%, everyone.
2: Yeah, and what does that account for in hard numbers? Uh, 436,400 cassettes were sold in the U.S. last year. So
4: that's almost half a million... I mean... (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot of cassettes, to <laughs> give in that. Where do you buy them? <laughs> One
2: billion cassettes. <laughs> I mean, look, a lot of people listening right now, I mean, some of you grew up in the vinyl era. Some of you grew up in the CD era. Uh, Beth and I grew up smack in the middle of the, I'd cassi- the, uh, cass- about to say, casingles. C- singles. Well, we did I've, have
4: casingles and CDs.
2: I, I would venture to say that if uh, I may, like if you did the top ten in the year 1989 of casingle purchases in the country, I might have been in the top ten. I was the oh, yeah. guy who bought those.
4: Wish they were 99 cents.
2: Well, they started out that way and then by the by the end of it, they were like 3.79 and you start thinking this does this the sense this makes. 3.79 for one song and then the B-side was some song that wasn't even on the album. And it wasn't like the days of the B-sides in the vinyl era. It was when these were just bad B-sides.
4: I, I think my first single that I ever bought, I think it was New Kids on the Block Hangin' Tough. The song Hanging tough And I'm not gonna lie I probably did the choreography In my bedroom While I listened to it On my stereo That my parents got me For my 7th grade um, Let's see My 7th grade It must have been my Christmas or my birthday Because they're so close together There you go
2: Beth is doing all the boobs
3: Right now I am
4: now.
2: Yeah. Can I tell you something I'm gonna lose my man card Here today I also bought this Casingo
4: We probably bought it at the same store.
2: Did you do the moves, though?
4: Uh, I'm pretty sure
2: I bought bought it at Ernie's. Uh, I'm willing to bet I bought it at Ernie's. Right down the street from my house.
5: That's where I used to go is Ernie's.
2: I bought it at (laughs) Burt's.
5: I think you were too young to be there when Bo was
2: going. (laughs) Yes, yes. Do I dare tell you what the first single that I bought was? I know exactly which one it was.
4: I bet it was Amy Grant. (laughs) <laughs> no, oh, we come on, give
2: me a little credit here. That was the baby, third baby. That was the third one that I bought. It Only has one song, right? This we actually played this last week. Yeah, this is the first single I ever bought.
5: No way, Billy Ocean, Billy Ocean. Yes, wow. Wow, uh, what a great improvement! Wow, <laughs> I got a lot more respect for you Nambo.
2: And I paid more than a, I paid more than a penny for this one. I bought. I paid full price. The full ninety-nine cents. Yes.
4: I kind of did love the tomorrow. single cover though, because it was just that sleeve, that cardboard sleeve. I, I, I thought that was better than the plastic container and all of the, because the plastic containers always broke. The hinge always broke.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You guys didn't grow up in the north, but they also, uh, those, um Cassette holders were great for snow scrapers. If you didn't have a snow uh, ice scraper uh, for oh, that's your windshield, true.
4: CDs. CDs. That was the
2: backup if you didn't have an ice scraper for your windshield yes. in Ohio. Good point, Jimbo. Uh, let's go to Jonathan on line Jonathan wants to weigh in on this. Well, of course we're talking about cassettes today. <laughs> no, why in, wouldn't we? Be? In the middle of 2024. How, how you doing, Jonathan?
6: I'm doing
12: pretty good hey. I gotta tell you So much happens so I've been put on hold couple of up <laughs> Before I tell you my story one, that, that is My first single was um, Skid Rose uh, I will remember you Oh <gasps> I loved it's, that it's,
4: uh, song Jonathan
12: It was <laughs> awesome
2: Can I stop so you for a second good. Is that not the best Best thing anyone's ever said About the show So much has happened Since I've been on hold <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
12: And uh, a follow up to that is the best cassette was the BASF cassette cuz it came in a 90 minute reel. Oh mm-hmm.
2: I got I got yes. a, I got to break with you on that one. I was I was I was staunchly a Maxell guy. Gotcha. I was what, whatever was story, cheapest
4: at uh, Revco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
12: Well, to my story, um I only share this with you because I'm pretty sure the uh, statute of limitations has expired. But I was in the Navy back in the 90s, 90s, 90, to 99. And I quickly discovered that if you order your first shipment of 10, 12, or 15 CD slash cassettes, that after you receive them, you can go ahead and change your address to your military address, that of an APO, FPO address. And within two weeks, you'll get a letter back to them saying, hey, look, uh, we appreciate your membership, but uh, we can't ship overseas. Uh, we're canceling your membership. Then you wait a month and do it all over again.
4: Oh, my gosh. Like 500 CDs. So you got tons and tons and tons of CDs for a penny And then you would just change the address And then you'd start the whole process over?
12: (laughs) Do you have any idea how hard it is to live life with no pennies? I I tell you
2: He's working the system is what he was doing He's
4: working the system I love that he's like The statute of limitations has run out now (laughs) Do you remember though Taping the penny to the page?
12: (laughs) Oh absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that was that was part of the deal. I mean that was part of the process that you needed to yeah. go through. Just like Jim
12: said, I you took a wonder li- why that dotted line was bigger than an actual penny. I was <laughs> not sure if they were trying to uh,
4: Yeah, were they trying to get you to yeah, give them a nickel? Uh, yeah.
12: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: well and then and then you know, maybe that was your signal that you could work the system is uh, you know, it could be any kind of penny. It could be a Chuck E. Cheese game token. Mm-hmm. The Penny showed you were all in yeah, I
12: think those were a little big,
13: but
2: okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, look, uh, Jonathan, I'll, I'll leave you with this, okay? We'll uh, let you go to the break, uh, singing your song from back in the day. We'll uh, remember your phone call.
4: I love this, Jonathan. This song is killer. <laughs> I love you. Oh, he hung oh, yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nope, I'm He's out. He's
2: heard enough of the show holding. He's like, too much has happened since I've been in the on, on the air now.
4: He'll
2: right. listen to a cassette version of the show later. <laughs> hey, hey and, and if we're lucky, backwards.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
2: News Talk 1110 WBT. Straight down where we, where we are used to being, rabbit holes.
4: I did not expect this rabbit hole at all. I thought we were going to jump right over this one.
2: Yeah, uh, and we keep fast-forwarding and rewinding and pausing and all those <laughs> things that uh, kids today don't understand. Until the tape breaks. Yeah, until the tape gets eaten by the, the player. Oh, boy. That
4: was the worst Sound and feeling.
2: No, because because it was
4: permanent. Yeah, you know it's like I mean I, I you know
2: with you vinyl can you can scratch the record with yeah. the CD you can scratch the CD but you man, just lick
4: the CD. We've gone over this, Bo. Yeah. If you scratch your CD, you lick it, and it's okay.
2: And if you uh, nobody did that. I mean the cassette just uh... <laughs> anyway. Bob's waiting on line one. We were talking. Uh, we got down the road of t- we were talking about finance, uh, you know, m- money stuff. And there's a story from Billboard magazine that cassette sales were down last year.
4: And we were all so surprised. <laughs> <And> everybody's like, <laughs> cassettes were a thing last year? Right. Did anyone buy a cassette? And almost half a million people bought mm-hmm. cassettes last year. I
2: mean, Zoe and I were talking during the break. I actually bought a, a, a cassette deck, a Sony cassette deck, off of eBay during Christmas break because I wanted to digitize a bunch of old stuff that I have. And I bought it, and, and it's, obviously it's not new. It's, uh, it's in good shape, and it says that it was refurbished, but I bought it, and I started playing the, 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 the cassettes, and they drag. So it's like the speed is not what it, it doesn't sound right. Um, so it, I pretty much chucked the thing.
4: You sound like Eeyore in the old tapes of yourself. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, I sound like I do now. You know, from tapes of seventh grade. Makes your voice deeper, though. Yeah, exactly. I'm stuck in the thistle patch. All right, <laughs> the thistle patch. All right, uh, let's unpause Bob here on Good Morning BT. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Beth.
4: Hey, Bob. How you doing? We're awesome. We hope you're doing great. We're,
2: we're firmly stuck in
4: 1987.
14: Yes. Well, in the early 90s, I was a travel and sales representative. Awesome. I actually sold snowmaking equipment to ski areas. Cool. And... but. Bo, you had mentioned the Case Logic. uh uh-huh. so we, You know, I had, I had the Mac Daddy Case Logic. <laughs> it had to have 50 tapes in there. Yeah. Oh. And if you, guys, you guys remember, you know, it took us a while to build up our little music collection. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't just all of, a, all of a sudden have 50 tapes. Oh, yeah. Well, I came out of a hotel one morning, and someone had broken into my truck. <gasps> And they stole my case logic. Uh, (laughs) It was the it was the only thing they took. It could have been worse. I had a camera in there, all my ski gear. The police figured it was just kids because all they took was my music.
4: You must have had a really good playlist in there.
14: The well, there was some Kenny Loggins in there. There You (laughs) were
6: sending Kenny
14: Loggins. Well, the one tape that they didn't get was in the tape deck, and it was like a double. Greatest Hits of Willie Nelson. <laughs> what? Well, I'm up in the mi- upper Midwest, the upper peninsula, northern Wisconsin, and there's hardly any radio stations up there in the 90s. Well, after about a week and a half of listening I to nothing but Willie Nelson, I threw him right out the window. that <laughs> oh, <laughs>
11: Yeah. For, the rest
14: of, for the rest of my life, burned into my brain is the word to every single Willie Nelson song, whether I want to have it there or not. So
3: Willie was on the road again.
4: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Willie was
14: absolutely on the road again in a million pieces.
4: Oh, wow. Bob, what a great story. I'm sad that your car got broken into, but it, it led to a great story about Willie Nelson.
14: Yeah, go. it was It was, was. a good time, all those tapes. Willie's a legend. He deserved better. Well, at least you they guys invite. all have a great day. You too, man.
2: You
4: too, Bob. You know what's funny is we always talk about distracted, you know, like people are distracted on their phones when they're driving. When we had CD and tape cases, I mean, you'd have that thing in your lap, flipping through stuff, trying to get stuff into your CD player or into your tape cassette and rewind and fast forward. You didn't have steering wheel controls back in the day. But
2: as uh, somebody emailed us earlier, the one good thing about cassettes... Is that they d- they couldn't skip in the car. You know, that's why it works so well, cassettes in oh, cars. Oh, yeah, because CDs you know, would
4: skip as soon as you hit a pothole. I
2: was about to say, <laughs> if you were trying to play a record in your car, then that's a whole nother show. Yeah, I would
4: <laughs> really love to see the car that has the built-in record player. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you ever heard of that, Boomer? Yes, sir. Among- you have? You had, wait, no, no. <laughs> no. No, no. Oh, okay. Because uh, I'm, I'm sure somebody did. Somebody somebody tried to figure it out. We had another caller who, uh, or an emailer, said they had an 8-track player in their car. Oh, yeah. Wow. My
4: dad had an 8-track player in the car that he oh, used yeah. to pick me up in at preschool, and I remember those 8-tracks. Yeah. All right. 8-track uh, tapes. <laughs> Where Boomer's going, there are no cars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Boomer, Von
2: Cannon.
7: Oh, man. Plug in the Craig Pioneer 8-track. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> oh, and then I had
2: a Kenwood... That's a whole nother show, oh, too. Man, what, was your, what was your What was your car stereo system? Yeah, they put the big speakers in the back. A yeah. Ken, little Kenwood Uh-oh. action when I was in high school. Oh,
4: yeah, so, yeah. guys, you're not going to be surprised by this. You know the Waniac. Everybody knows the Waniac. Yeah. So the Waniac had a conversion van, mm-hmm. and he put giant boom speakers under the back sofa seat in the back, and everyone in town called it the boom van. That's how you do it. Right there. He put pink neon under the runners on the boom band. My man. (laughs) man. That's the way you do it. This is how he would drop me off at middle school. So that's what that, that van
2: was we saw on the parking deck this summer. Yeah. It, was no.
4: a, it was a conversion van with a boom system in it. I don't even know what it's called. Did you have
2: him drop you around the corner from school?
4: Yes, sometimes. Because I'd be like, Dad, I'm going to be deaf. He <laughs> would play the music so loud. And it was so weird. He played the craziest rap music for rap. me. Oh, that's rap. great.
7: Oh, jeez.
2: Oh,
4: this rap. is
2: great. <laughs> like MC Hammer?
4: And like N.W.A. Oh,
2: okay. Oh wow. oh, wow. The legend is growing.
4: I know. It's like full-on waniac. Yeah.
2: Waniac legend just grew about seven chapters in about 30 seconds. <laughs> time to cross the streams. Brought to you by Ph.D. Weight Loss and Nutrition. Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, and Brett Winterbull. Good morning Good. to you. Good morning. <laughs> so, uh, last time I talked to you... We were wondering what Ron DeSantis might say in his news conference, uh, which actually happened like like minutes after we finished crossing the streams yesterday afternoon. Yes. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment, but mm-hmm. uh, Nikki Haley yesterday uh, had announced that she was going to make a state of the presidential race speech uh, in, uh, in South Carolina at, at noon, and she did.
9: I feel no need to kiss the ring. Woo! I have no fear of Trump's retribution. I'm not I'm not looking for anything from him. My own political future is of zero concern. So I hear what the political class says, but I hear from the American people, too.
2: She also said she's staying in the race. Uh, she's staying beyond uh, Super Tuesday. And uh, so basically what yesterday comes down to is uh, she uh, managed to find a way to get all the networks to cover her in a speech at noon and got a free hour of advertising.
15: She didn't say she's staying in the race as a Republican.
4: Oh, so you th- do you think that she might be one of those frontrunner candidates mm-hmm. for the no labels party?
15: Yes, the McCrory Project. Uh, I I think she would be a Veep with Manchin or would be the top end of the ticket with
2: Manchin. Well, you know, it's Wednesday, Beth. Uh, In a couple hours, uh, let me check my sheet here. Uh, Oh, Pat McCrory will join us today. So uh, maybe we can get, uh, I don't know if he'll... I'll tell you I'll
15: tell you why I'll tell you see overnight we had a development overnight uh, Mm -hmm. that that mostly went like unnoticed by a lot of people. Joe Biden is doing another tranche of student loan forgiveness. One and a half billion dollars of student loan forgiveness. Remember, the Supreme Court told him he couldn't do it, but he's still doing it. And I think that's the sort of a thing that could drive this because you've got Trump doing his thing last night. You've got Biden out on the West Coast, um, and, and I and I think it's I think it's possible that Nikki Haley has decided to morph into the uh, into the no labels thing.
2: Okay. So thumbtack that. That's a very interesting notion. That's something to watch. Uh, I mentioned DeSantis. Now, DeSantis ended up going to South Carolina yesterday, and he, he m- was mainly there to push term limits uh, on a on a federal level with uh, congressional candidates or congressional members in the future. But then he was asked at the end of the uh, the speech, you know, uh, is he watching the presidential race? And he sort of said, oh, I'm not really paying that much attention to it. But he, he doubled down on his, on his support for Trump. He said he thinks this thing's all uh, Already Over long, long ago. Now, I say all of that because Trump then shows up on Fox last night with Laura Ingram and she asked him, who's on your short list for vice president? And she mentioned the names Tulsi Gabbard. She mentioned Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, Vivek Ramaswamy, Christy Noem and Ron DeSantis. And he said all of them, including DeSantis, are on his short list. Now, is that a scenario you could ever imagine now?
15: I, I, look, anything is possible, uh, Beth. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> you up, are, <laughs> you are a no, 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 no. Because I mean, I, Beth, hello, Beth. How are
4: you? Hi, I'm wonderful. It's good.
15: To, it's good to have you back.
4: Thank you. Um, I missed everybody.
15: But I, I love Bo. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm just
4: messing here, with you, man. Here,
15: here's the thing. Here's the thing. If, if your husband came home mm-hmm. after being treated the way DeSantis was treated during the race by Trump, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Hey, I think I want to be his vice president." what would you say to him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would like, be... Like, you don't even have to answer it. Right. It's like, he dragged you. Right. He made
4: fun of you. It would be a very, very hard sell with, with someone like me, because I am all about, you know, being a... I try to be the best human being that I can be. And I, I, I and I want people to treat each other right. with, with kindness, right? right? And so that would be a hard sell with me. Because they called you short. You have
2: lifts in your shoes. I think I think that the phrase you're looking for is, "Oh hell no." I
15: mean, Bo, Bo, if, if if somebody that you were very close to, your wife, you're very close to your wife. I am. And yes. She came home and said, "You know, you know, Donald Trump was saying all these bad things about me, but he wants me to be my be vice president." Like you, like you have to at some point. You have to be like, you know what, dude? It's not worth it for one term. I'm sorry. (laughs) Maybe I'd be the presumptive. I probably will be the presumptive on the other side of this thing. Um, I... Like, or I, maybe that's can't. the
4: maybe that's the end game though for him that he would he would eat crow you know for that four years so that he could then oh, be gosh, president.
8: That hurts. That hurts.
4: It would know. be hard. It I would know. be hard.
2: I think anybody has to look at the Mike Pence template though and go, yeah. uh, "What are the odds of you making it through these four years and, and coming and coming out in the same standing that you went in at?" Yeah,
15: yeah. You you can't guarantee that. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, honestly, we have to be realistic about all this. Um, look, I, I think. Um, I think he wants a female vice president. I think at one point he would have considered Nikki Haley, uh, but this is way too far down the road now. And uh, I, I, I think he's probably looking for a gnome or a—let uh, me rephrase that—governor gnome. Uh, I don't think he's looking for the. You're the not like an gnome. actual
4: garden gnome <laughs> out in front of the yard. You know, a little pointy hat thing. Pull gnome, over, I don't
15: know. pull over, Frederick. That's my gnome right there. Here we go. I, but I think it would be—I um, think it would be like gnome. Governor Nome, and I also think uh, it's a possibility. C- Tulsi Gabbard, cause yeah. she's kind of off the charts a little bit. She is a less dangerous Vivek Ramaswamy.
4: I could see I could see how that how you could characterize her there and I you know that would she would be an interesting candidate for the independent voters um, mm-hmm. who think that Vivek Ramaswamy is maybe too unhinged in moments that they don't feel comfortable with him but they would feel more comfortable with her Yes
6: yeah
15: cuz like she he for a long time Vivek I know you I know we're so late I'm sorry but Vivek for a long time was just those wind-up teeth on the desk <laughs>
2: I mean it's just like terrible it's like Mac pac-man yeah, we were throwing out the analogies today but this is not awesome. not a garden gnome uh, not today so we're not talking about that today. so let me try my favorite thing with you uh what's coming up on the brett winterble show today none of this
0: <laughs> whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqal and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you
1: from News Talk 1110 and 99.3, WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman.
2: Oh, hang on. i to tr- turn the cassette up a little bit. There you go. Yeah. Or is this just a single? See, I, I know. I, I bought the whole album for this one. I mean, this was... Uh, 1984, start to finish. This hurts my ears. <gasps>
5: oh.
4: What?
2: Just the sound quality. That's a uh, that's some great A 1980s.
5: Wow, Van dude. Halen right there, a little,
2: Bernie. A little judgy on I mean, the. Yeah, it's like. Uh, do you hear you that? You need to sit down, ease the seat back. This, this sounds like we're listening. Do you need a, a subwoofer? <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking about this last hour, and uh, it's a segment that has legs.
4: Right. We had no idea when we first saw this story. It's easy to top. <laughs> I thought this was going to be, you know, one one little conversation that we were going to have about the fact that people are still buying cassettes in 2024. But as as we do, we jumped in. We dove headfirst into a rabbit hole. I don't know why you guys talk about politics ever. <laughs>
2: last year's five best selling cassettes were all taylor swift and guardians of the galaxy albums but we think the headline really is who's buying cassettes in 2024 where do you buy i mean i guess online but then you have to have a working cassette player i mean this is you buy one you get 12 for free yeah i mean you know and and you tape a penny to the page and send it off and you're set for life.
4: Well, so the biggest thing is that people have been sending us messages at Show at wbt.com, and we received a message from Robert saying, you know, I had a CD player and a cassette player in my pickup. The CDs skip. But we also got a message, and I'm trying to find it. We also got a message saying that uh, that the cassettes were way better in cars than record players because <laughs> mm-hmm. records would skip.
2: And we all said, yeah. Wait, wait, who, wait, who wait had, a minute. Who had that? Wait, who has a record player in your car, right. apparently Scott has a record player, or at least has a, a family member who had one. Scott, uh, you've been waiting patiently.
7: I've got to hear about I
4: this. I know. I have to know about this, Scott. Good morning.
7: Uh, I love your show, by the way. Thank yeah, you, Scott. Listen, in 1961, my brother, <laughs> who was seven years older than me, I would have been 11, he, uh, he had a new 61 Impala. Uh-huh. And it wasn't the original equipment, but he went and bought an aftermarket record player that mounted under the dash. What? They even had a, it had a spindle. you could put I think four records in at a time and it would actually drop them down automatically when their turn came. Mm-hmm. And it worked great. When you were parked <laughs> Yeah Not so good When you were When you were driving but, It
4: were great you know, When was, you were parked So that was like a, Oh yeah This was like For Lovers Lane
7: Oh <laughs> uh, well Or Babe Malloy's Or Tony's <laughs> Or any of those places But uh, the funny thing About it too, um, My my first record I bought my first record To play In his Record player And the first record I bought Now remember I was 11 The name of it Was Peanut Butter <laughs> And it was peanut, peanut butter I have no idea who did it But anyway (laughs) The funny thing is In this Impala His rear deck With this Underneath this huge window Was rolling pleated And I left my record Playing on the deck One day One day And about three days later I found it And my peanut butter Had melted on his rear deck
4: (laughs) It melted all over the thing
7: (laughs) Absolutely
2: Here you go right here
4: Oh my gosh
2: there you go that's it who did that uh that's the marathons
4: oh the okay. yeah, the, the right. hit makers the marathons <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Exactly. especially
2: <laughs> made to play yeah. while you park
4: i just can't exactly. believe that there was an actual record player designed for in-car use i've never use. heard of
2: that in my life No.
4: yeah and i i have no idea where
7: he got it because obviously that was long before amazon but you know probably pet boys or something i don't know but he he definitely had it uh it was really cool looking cuz you know they used to do the air conditioners that way too yeah um, i had a i bought a years later bought a 61 uh buick and uh with that same rear window, by the way but it had a um um it didn't have air conditioning and i added it um with a under the dash air conditioner Wow, it didn't work much better than the radio. I Kids mean, these the days don't
4: know like. how good they have it. They <laughs> just plug in their phones, and the 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 music is skip free. They can play whether that, they're riding through potholes or wherever.
7: Exactly, and I kind of share the guy's um, sentiment from uh, Upper Wisconsin or wherever. I had a I bought a Jeep, the seventy seven CJ Jeep that had an eight track player in it, and I bought it long after eight tracks had run their route. And the only one I had left was Alabama.
6: Oh. And so any
7: time you saw me riding down the road, uh, and there wasn't a radio station around, I had Alabama playing wide open.
4: <laughs> oh, what does that play? Me some country music. Well, I mean, is that it, what it was? If it was
2: a record player, it sounded like this.
7: <laughs> <laughs> that's this, pretty much it. This was on the eight track. Oh, oh okay,
2: okay. It sounded like just yeah. <laughs> as
7: it went
3: to the next track. But I
7: did ka-tunk. But I never threw it out the window. I think I've still got it. So wow. Well, wow. I've enjoyed the show,
2: well, Scott.
4: Well, I've thing. enjoyed your story. I have learned. Oh, there's the song. That's Al- Is that was that? I was right. Okay. No, oh, yeah. This is Alabama. Oh yeah. Yep, Scott, that's... I just love knowing that there was once a record player designed to. For a car?
3: Never heard of that. For I, thought, a car. I thought they were like pulling our legs, like a joke.
4: No, nope, he's totally serious.
7: I, I wish I knew who made it, but uh, I have no idea. It Could have been Motorola or somebody like that.
2: I secretly want one. <laughs> Probably as in high, as in high demand as cassettes are in 2024, right?
7: right? <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. It was really cool because it had like a flip-down um, front that you could load the things in and then close it up. So you you just saw this smooth-looking little. Apparatus underneath. So it's kind of like a jukebox. All
2: right, exactly.
7: Scott. Well, I got a VA appointment. I got
2: to run. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we got traffic, so we got to run too. Well, thank, thank you. you. Scott. I feel like we were keeping him
3: or something. <laughs> I feel like we should either hello Henry with a thank you caller.
2: <laughs>
7: That's right. All right, traffic check right now. Hey man, I'll go with Scott. I had a cousin that had a had a, a turntable. Mounted under his dashboard as well. Same thing. Holy moly. Yes.
4: Now, we Thank had you. a little, we had an old record jukebox, like an old timey one in our basement that my dad bought. My, my dad, he just loved it. What brand? Blankets. Blue. It, <laughs> is it, is, <laughs> <laughs> it was blue.
6: That's a color <laughs> Is it a Whirlitzer?
4: I have no idea. I just remember.
3: Yeah, are there <laughs> brands of jukeboxes? I wouldn't even know the answer to it that was one. It's
4: blue. I just remember it being blue. I
7: have one at the house. Same thing. Blue Wurlitzer. No.
4: Hey, oh, oh, a there.
6: That's there. the, the Cadillac
7: of uh, jukeboxes so yes you, sir you
2: heard what the caller said boomer right Yes. that's yeah. a car yeah. Jim he had a uh, he had Cad a vinyl rocker. player oh. in his car yeah. that uh, only worked when they parked <laughs> <laughs> had a cousin had
7: the same thing had a dashboard uh, right under the dashboard had a turntable mounted
4: it's so crazy it they
7: would take records and go play
4: I want one Unreal. I want one now I want one and they say what happened to that
2: thing and yeah what like, happened to that thing speed bump <laughs> happened to that thing <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely News Talk 1110 WBT, Bo and Beth, the Zoke, Bernie, Tommy. As is so often the case on this show, we talk about something and then we can't escape it. Right. It chases us for the rest of the show.
4: And we have no idea when these things are going to start or what's going to generate this much conversation. The rabbit
3: hole kind of started with like the 90s cassettes and it's now,
2: I feel like it's gone to the 60s with record players and cars. It's hopscotching around the generations and uh, the latest thing... Cars with record players in them. Because we were them.
4: saying that we'd love to know if somebody actually had a record player in their car. Scott, last, out, or last segment, his brother had one, and now we're learning that this is a thing. This I thought was this a thing. was like the
3: son's lawnmower thing for a minute. Like,
5: yeah,
4: record players <laughs> were in cars. Really?
5: Tell us about it. Hey, Bo, real quick. Ed Siegel texted me actually a picture of his uh, cassette deck and said, uh, Ed Siegel here, my case logic in the picture, <laughs> and I recently bought this cassette deck new at Walmart for
2: $10.
7: $10.
5: It's a
2: GPX. New at Walmart? That's what he said. But you he get out of a DeLorean to walk inside? Adobe. I will say this. It was not that long ago, because I, I took a picture of it and uh, posted it, but within the last five years, I was in Walgreens, and they still had blank... Blank cassette tapes, audio tapes, and blank video, like like VHS tapes, for sale.
4: Really? Yeah. Now there was only one,
2: and it was kind of dusty. And do you each, remember how probably ma- forgot it was there? It's just <laughs> yeah. been sitting there.
4: Do you remember how many of those we used to buy? Because people, we would, I would record the radio, the countdown, uh-huh. so that I could hear my favorite songs. And, and your boombox. And then boom box. we mm-hmm. would take blank VHS tapes and record the shows. I'd record like Saturday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. and you'd press pause and try to keep the commercials out of it. And that mm-hmm. was like the the high tech way of doing it. Like, like, haha! I beat you commercials. I mean, no,
2: that you were doing production.
4: I was doing production as a young, as a young in the Charlotte snapper. area. <laughs> yeah, you
5: were in the Charlotte area. So. Do
2: you the area. remember the first song you ever requested on a radio station? Yes, because see, you're right. You call, you request a song, and then record it. But then the trick became: can you hear yourself on the air requesting that song?
4: I never heard myself on the air, but I got a very annoyed DJ. I was calling to request "Unchained Melody." Were you calling Kilgo on 951? <laughs> Kilgo. I actually don't remember who I called, it. I was calling from my my parents' Wait, like, phone. Like this. Yeah. Yep. It was probably sometime around the time that Ghost came out.
3: was <laughs> gonna so say, how old are you?
4: <laughs> I think it must have been around the time that Ghost came out, because this was that love scene, you know, where they were making the clay pot. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, somewhere in my box of tapes at home, I have audio of me calling WBCY and asking for this one. <laughs> I mean, is that not on oh, brand?
4: Oh, that is on brand. Yeah, it's yacht rock, isn't it? Funky, yeah. Bo.
2: <laughs> Would you call that yacht rock? Celebration by
4: Cool and the Gang. Hey guys, my <laughs> acapella group <is> saying this.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to Mark. Mark is on line one, uh, line two, actually. Mark, welcome to Good Morning BT. Hello.
13: Hey, Mark. Hi. Hi. You know, I was calling. I was calling uh, when you were talking about record players and cars. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah. I remember my brother and I and my father we were friends with Ralph Moody and John Holman of Holman Moody and after fireball Roberts had his accident out in Charlotte we were out at Holman Moody and fireball's personal Thunderbird was there and it had a record player in it
4: it had was it, was it like the jukebox record changer like the last guy was saying
13: as I rem, as I recall because it would have been a early to mid 60s Thunderbird it dropped down from like what would have been the glove box or something like that but I found out years later from Ralph Moody that most of the street cars that the Holman Moody people drove were Ford prototypes. So maybe Ford was looking into making it an option. I don't know. Oh. He did tell me that they were usually prototypes that Ford had got, didn't need anymore. And they ship themselves. Oh my gosh, that would
4: be so cool. I love to go to auto shows and look when they sell like the old like woodies and like the 30s cars and stuff. I would actually pay for a car if I could open the glove box and there was a record player there. I, I think I'd buy that car. Well, I
2: had a record. I, I had a glove box when I had the the CD changer, and I put that in the glove box with yeah. all, all six of them. Yeah, yeah. You know? But see, even CD- CDs would skip if you hit a bump hard oh, enough. Oh, definitely. But record players.
4: I just think it would be. <laughs> Can you imagine? You'd have to be on every three
2: seconds. Dang yeah, it! It's <laughs> like it's like the caller said. We listened to the record player when we parked
4: <laughs> in the parking lot of Shoney's.
2: <laughs> Shoney's.
4: If I could find a Shoney's, I-, I would eat a hot fudge cake and listen to the record player.
2: I'd like a big boy, uh, Jody. You're on line one. Welcome to Good Morning BT.
8: Hi, I just wanted you to know I'm listening to you on a combo CD cassette um, AM radio. Oh, you're That's kidding! How I listen to you,
3: Jody. What year is it where you are?
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, tr- I'm are you a in time the 70s traveler? Myself, but my kids are 40s, and I have their um, Fisher Price record player that Beth <gasps> could put under her dash. It would fit under there.
4: <laughs> I what?
8: remember the Fisher Price. Are they red and yellow? <laughs>
1: yeah well, my this grandkids is
8: tan and white. white oh it's tan? It has original needles still in it, and I got it out wow. for my grandchildren and they weren't real impressed, but they did use some cassettes that my husband's friend made mixed with beach music, and I tried to teach them how to shag with cassettes with beach music. oh, on good it. for
4: you, Jody. Mm-hmm. Great.
2: The the answer to the question about what when you she's listening to us uh, that that day they talked about cassette sales in the last year that's <laughs> that, that's where we are today <laughs> All right Jody good, great call thank you thank so much you. I had no idea that well, this would last it's... as long as it has lasted but hey you know you follow the rabbit down the hole sometimes Do
4: you remember picking the fuzz off of the needle the record yep. needle that's the
2: oh, first thing yeah. I thought when she said that she hadn't replaced the needle. I'm thinking there's got to be a lot of fuzz. There's on that a lot thing. of
4: fuzz on that thing. That's the uh-huh. first thing I thought too.
2: My two-year-old, or no, three-year-old granddaughter loves the Fisher Price record player. Yeah.
4: See, I kind of wish I had kept my Holly Hobby record. Those player. Those
2: things were built tough. Yeah. Fisher Price, when they build something, no oh, matter yeah. what it is, it lasts. Know, that thing probably would would be okay in a in a car going over a speed bump. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll right. take it.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: So to uh, tie a bow on this story about cassettes, and we originally started talking about sales numbers last year for cassettes, which begged the question, how are there any sales numbers for cassettes last year? Who's still buying cassettes? Apparently, at least 500,000 people. But
4: Taylor Swift apparently offers a cassette option online, a cassette store for her cassettes, which makes sense as to why her her cassettes were number two on that list of cassettes sold.
2: Number two and number five, and the other spots were owned by the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks, which are supposed to be like old mixtapes, mm-hmm. if, uh, if you have any of those. Now, uh, it's funny, because the way I'm going to tie a bow on this, a bow, literally, is... I have, uh, you know, a good number of uh, files here in my machine that are digitized old cassette tapes that I have converted over the years Uh-oh. and a lot of the times these old tapes that i i saved are actual mixtapes as it were that i made recording the radio when i was a kid mm-hmm. right i have old mm-hmm. tapes of bt i have old tapes of wbcy look what i just found on one of these tapes uh, jim zoki check this out
7: 95.1 today's rock and roll 95q feeling the poison attack
14: vicious bite of alice
7: cooper from 95q that's kilgo Kilgo.
3: yeah who i didn't meet until about five years ago he's a friend of a friend on a panthers trip he lives somewhere else now and this is um like when i first moved to charlotte late 80s kilgo was like kilgo on the radio yeah yeah i think he's a music rep now or something like that i I think he's in atlanta it was atlanta where we saw him and so um it's like I'd never met him while he was on the air here, even though I started out on the air here when I was like 22.
2: Uh, but I finally got to meet him a couple of years ago. I never met him, um, but as a kid growing up, he was uh, always on 95Q, and I, one of the coolest radio DJ voices I've, I've ever heard. And I've just recently found some old kind of... That Not, sounded really good, by the way.
3: Yeah, yeah it well, really see, did. I
2: mean, I, I, was that to your standard, Bernie? Was that okay?
5: it was much better okay. than, the, than the
2: music that <laughs> you
4: played. in the Panama. The
2: break. Yeah, it's very, very very, very high bias.
5: Do you
4: know what's yeah. funny is I lived in this—I mean, I grew up in this market, so I haven't I listened, heard
3: that term in, like, 30 years. Very high bias, sorry.
4: <laughs> I don't remember any—I uh, listened to the radio constantly. I listened to 95.1. I listened to 107.9. Kiss 102. I mean, I, I listened, to, but I don't remember any of the names of... In, that's terrible, of, of the DJs at the time.
2: Oh, I could go all day long I with
4: you. know, I know, I but know What, you what could.
2: was BCY, Skip and... Oh, um, uh, well, that was Randy and Spiff. Randy and Spiff. Skip.
3: <laughs> Skip. Skip. <laughs> it was Randy and Spiff. A hundred percent of them will get something wrong. What's your Never name, Barry? Right.
2: You <laughs> know, your name and, Barry? of course, John Boy and Billy started on BCY. Uh, but I my favorite on WBCY up. is a guy who I believe works in... Virginia now, or I've actually lost track. But remember Jeff Wicker? Yes, loved Jeff Wicker's voice. He that and Di- was during the Randy and Swift days. Actually. Uh, he and Diane Tracy uh, used to be on B.C.Y. Yep. I loved them, and like you mentioned, Kilgo and uh, Blaine Kellis is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really, really awesome uh, '80s. Uh,
4: what does that say about my brain? You know that I remember all of the music, and I remember listening to. I had radio stations programmed in my car, but I can't remember any of the people. I, I was trying to think of there was Casey. a Casey. <laughs> well, I definitely remember Casey Kasem, but there was a, a morning show that I listened to every day when I was at Carolina because I was the, the kind of person who never turned on a TV in the morning. I only listened to morning radio all my life, and I can't. There was I I can't even remember the name of the people that did the morning show that I listened to the whole time that I was there. I feel like a bad probably the person. Nick
2: Mixon show. <laughs> I
3: think very well. W-C-H-L. I feel like A
4: bad person. <laughs>
2: Uh, do you know who uh, the two are that host that uh, that morning show on WBT? What are their names?
4: Um, I feel like they have the same initials as the call letters, Alan Stacy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I said, uh, I, I tied a bow on that subject by actually playing cassette audio recorded on an old you know old, old cassette of the radio in my jam box of Kilgo on. On ninety five point one. Did so. you have
4: one of those Esprit jam boxes that were like they had pink ones and aqua mm-hmm. ones and peach ones, and they were? I think it was the same brand that made the shoes. I or was the a Son- clothing Esprit? Esprit. I was a Sony Esprit? guy,
2: Esprit. and then I had a Sanyo. Remember Sanyo? Yeah, I had a Sanyo yeah, and had a Sony, right? and then I had a Panasonic
4: jam box or stereo.
2: Both. Both. I mean, I probably went through. Uh, gosh, who knows? I probably went through forty different tape players when I was a kid. Uh, I want to touch on this before we get out of here because. Uh, Zoki's been talking about it in his, his sportscast, but Robert Reed, uh, one of the original, original Charlotte Hornets. Because when the, the Hornets, uh, when Charlotte got its uh, first team and they played their first season in 1988, uh, the way they filled out the roster, Rex Chapman was the first ever draft pick. Number eight, I think it was. Um, but they all they filled out the rest of the roster with an expansion draft. Mm-hmm. And so you got players like Kelly Trupuca was one of the first stars they had. I think he came from... Detroit and then Utah and then came to Charlotte. And then Robert Reed, who, uh, to, it, for me, when I think about that first season, and, and you had Muggsy Bogues, but Muggsy Bogues, I don't even think he started on that. I think it was Michael Holton that started on that team. Yep. Then he had Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis. As far as veteran guys that were yeah. brought in like that. And then Del Curry was injured his first season, most of it, so he didn't play much. So that first year, it was Kelly Tripuka and Kurt Rambis, and Robert Reed was one of the players on that team. And Robert had come from the Houston Rockets and had played on some of those uh, NBA Finals teams that had Ralph Sampson and Elijah one but Robert Reed I just remember that first season because I mean all of us went to a lot of games oh my seasons.
4: gosh so many that season
2: he was uh, he was such a, a cool personality and you could tell that he knew he was in the twilight of his career and he was going to a place where he could sort of you know at that stage of the game he would played on, on the Houston Rockets and that's what people remember him for but in here like Kurt Rambis you kind of had because Rambis came from the Lakers mm-hmm. and you had a, a, a group of players that sort of realized this is kind of a bucket list type thing you can go to a city and be on its first ever team. And uh, I heard Robert Reed passed away at, uh, what, age 68 yesterday, and I just wanted to make mention of it. I mean, there are a lot of people listening that have no memory of Robert Reed, but if you remember that first season, and maybe it's like a season and a half, and I think he got traded, but he was... He had a really cool, uh, sort of distinctive jump shot. Yep. And uh, I remember many games at that, uh, at the old Hive, watching Robert Reed. Uh, you know, they won what twenty two games their first season, I think it was, and he was a big part of that. So.
3: And we had just talked uh, less than two weeks ago, I believe Earl Curriton, who was yeah. uh, again another veteran reserve player on that first original Hornets team uh, for the first couple of years, uh, passed away too. So a couple of players, uh, humans in their sixties, who played on the original team here, and just like that. I mean, you just um, seem so young to lose uh, two members of the original Charlotte Hornets team. And of course, you know, we were all saddened with uh, Jerry V's passing the last year and a half or so. Uh, One of the uh, original broadcasters overall with the franchise, too. So uh, it makes you feel older. But uh, these guys were way too young to be passing away in their 60s, obviously. But uh, yeah, Robert Reed and Earl Curitan, you know, rest in peace to those guys who both uh, passed away in the last two weeks now.
2: Absolutely. So,
3: um, And I remember on cassettes, I had a Marantz tape recorder because I started working uh, in the second season is when uh, I was hired to work uh, doing the Hornet games, and I had a Marantz tape recorder, and I would uh, get audio for not only WBT but a lot of the networks, and I'd have to queue up to the part of the cassette where the soundbite would be because they'd want soundbites. I'd have to like have this little digital meter on the Marantz thing where I knew what number to get to to get to a soundbite on cassette. Imagine the difficulty of trying to send... Like I had to find like two from the winning team and one from the losing team sound bites to send to CBS or Westwood One or whatever, and it was just like now I look back going, "What a pain in the butt!" <laughs> <laughs> <You laughs> Way of technology was that to do that.
2: You know what we should do today. You know, we always put the show up on the podcast, right? And it's avail- available digitally. We should not do that with this show. We should some we should make this show available only on cassette.
4: Yes, and sell <laughs> it in some merch store. We need to create a merch store. <laughs> yes.
2: I mean the the Wednesday February 21st of 2024 will only live on cassette.
4: Only lives on your cassettes.
2: And we only like we only make like 15 of them and then they become like collector's items, you know. Ooh.
4: Get them fast.
2: Yeah. And then if you have one, it's like, "How did you get that?" And how did you play it? Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. got it. How do I listen okay. to it? Okay,
2: that's how that, that's how my, that idea ended, because no one can play it. <laughs> we'll give the tapes out. You just look at them. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT getting set for Governor McQuarrie in the final hour today, as always, on Wednesdays. You know, I saw uh, our buddy Brad Panovich over at uh, WCNC post this yesterday. Seven hundred and fifty-two days. That's how long it's been. Seven hundred and fifty-two days. Anybody? Uh, well, everybody else, but but the governor McCrory knows what I'm talking about here. Seven hundred and fifty-two days since it did this in Charlotte. A win by one of our teams. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually close, Jimbo. <laughs> a win by the Panthers. <laughs> the last time was January 29th of 2022. So actually, uh, this was posted yesterday. So it's that, weather-related. Now it's
4: 753. 753.
16: Since, uh, mm-hmm. Zoki called a touchdown. Yes, it's been, a,
3: it's been quite the drought. I'm guessing it's weather-related, so I'm going to say... Like, okay, I'm pretending I don't know the answer that Bo told us during the break. <laughs> Let me guess. It might be snow. This yes. is, am I right? Turkey.
2: Oh my God, is that
3: right? Oh
4: my gosh Like this we is, said
2: during the break It's the longest snowless drought or streak <clears throat> in Charlotte City history
4: It's a snow drought And I've started thinking about this I mean, I remember I grew up here I, I spent my life here It snowed every year it played always, I've played the game, i played, the game. <laughs> I played in the like snow, Panda. I got played by the snow, now I'm here to expose the fact that it no longer snows.
16: <laughs> I mean,
4: there are Hold ki- on, I'll give you this one.
16: Hold on, I'll switch with air. Make, Make America no, no,
3: snow no, no. again. Yes. Or just Charlotte. We'll settle for Charlotte. <laughs> yeah,
13: well,
16: say that again, will you?
3: I, the cadence was perfect. What
4: did I say? I said, I, I played in the snow, I got played by <laughs> the snow, right. and now I'm here to expose <laughs> the lack of snow. And now there are kids around me saying, what is snow? <laughs> Great! <laughs> right. They don't even know. Time to shovel
3: the snow out of D.C.
4: I mean, we had at least one snow day, it seemed, every year when I was young. We used to, I'm sad to say this, I, the waniac was my dad. I just preface everything by saying this. Was when your was a dad. Kid. Yeah. So we used to tie a sled. <laughs> what <is> he, now? <laughs> he was my dad growing up. He still is my he dad. He still is your dad, yes. But he let us get away with a lot of stuff. And we would tie a sled to the back of our four wheeler and just drive up and down Burridge Road, which is the the, the road that I grew up on.
16: Not everyone made it.
4: <laughs> we we all are here to tell the story. Your dad at
16: one time had 5 children.
4: So the, like it always snowed and it usually was around somewhere around my birthday, which y'all know my birthday is in early January. Yeah. It would usually snow cuz I remember being so sad on my ninth birthday because I was supposed to have a party and nobody could come because it was snowing out and we my, one friend came over, my dad I actually picked that person up, and we drove to Daryl's on what was that Albemarle, Albemarle Road. Road near
3: Farm Pond. Why well, well, served you lunch I in was there? I was
4: working. <laughs> Zoki was working. I was. It was my ninth birthday to get their turtle. Happy ice birthday, cream young Sunday. lady! Yeah,
3: we got all the waiters and wait staff to come around and sing yeah, to you, probably, you, you, Yeah, because
4: I was the only person in the restaurant. Because the waitiac drove us to Daryl's. I don't even know why Daryl's was open, but they were.
2: So there are kids two and three years old that have never seen snow in yeah. Charlotte, yeah. and it used to be. I mean, you to be good between January and February to have at least one, maybe two, good ones, yeah. as we said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it
4: would snow and we would, they would never cancel classes at Carolina and it would snow and we were It was famous for people like slipping. Now
16: now they cancel classes if the students are offended. (laughs) Right? By the thought of snow.
4: (laughs) I, uh, I I mean, I fell, I met, um, I I became friends with a gentleman because I was walking to class at Carolina and the sidewalk was frozen and I slipped and I slid right through his legs and I knocked him over
6: and
16: and he
4: went sliding down This this.
16: This <laughs> is... You became I friends with a gentleman
4: <laughs> I, after
16: you slid through his legs?
4: I was sliding on the ice, and then he fell on me, and we continued <laughs> I, to like sled through campus. You know, I was the sled.
2: I love it when you tell stories <laughs> about things like this, because it always you always call them gentlemen. Gentlemen. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was a young kid who was also headed to class. Uh, and that's So we're
2: going
3: to do a top ten list of things you've fallen doing, like when you worked at the uh, TV studios and rode your bike into a tree or whatever you did. Yeah,
4: in. it, 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 into a pole. It <laughs> was pole, a, I always get it wrong. It was a pole. <laughs> <laughs> not graceful i'm not graceful
2: so 752 dead
4: no huh? <laughs> oh yeah no snow bow.
2: you got anybody anybody think there's going to be snow this year i i think we're
3: I pretty think much past the made point it. where it would normally yeah, I be i think we're
4: safe
2: doubt it yeah. we've there had you
3: know. a march snow and ice storms before well,
4: but yeah because sometimes remember the ACC have-
3: tournament that one year mm-hmm. where the power went out that's at the true calcium?
4: that's true
2: and I remember I mean it's it's, a, it's seared in my memory we had one year John Stokes came on the air a surprise snowstorm no one saw coming and then of course then the choruses began of being mad at the weather people now they're just mad because the weather people never make it snow
16: <laughs> it's their fault
2: hmm. all right Boy, the places we have been and we still have an hour I to go. slid
16: on the ice and slid <laughs> through a gel
2: <laughs> I played the game.
3: <laughs> I've been played
4: by the snow. I'm here to expose the lack of snow. Towel in things.
3: Did you ever see him again after that? Was that just a once encounter? Just one yeah, it was, time.
4: Well, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You guys know this. I tinkle sometimes when I laugh. <laughs> I did that. And so he didn't want to be my friend anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> Don't
4: eat the yellow snow.
2: <laughs> so you slid between his legs, said hi, peed yourself, and you walked know,
3: off. And
0: of- had to walk back to my dorm and change <laughs> clothes. <She> said, Bye. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman.
14: Hey go, do you do anything anymore? <laughs> and tell a story and some will say it was just a fairy tale.
16: Everything you said is true. (laughs) People who know know. But you said people that know know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're here in
14: Charlotte with the mayor, the Honorable Pat McCrory. I mean, he's been club champ three years running, and I'm. Time
4: to play the game! No
14: slouch
16: myself. How dare you! Your points are more than valid.
1: 14 years as Charlotte mayor. Governor of the Tar Heel State, Pat McCrory. Me
10: now, North Carolina governor, Pat McCrory. Governor, thank you so much for being here. Speaking so, with this now it? with North Carolina governor, Pat McCrory. Four
1: years as NC governor.
16: This is quite an honor for me today. I'm overwhelmed, and I'm honored to be on the main street of our beautiful capital city. The Boy Scouts in the audience and they may be getting scared. We served together when I was governor of Indiana and,
7: and uh, he did a great job. Pat McCrory I honest Bo I don't
3: I
14: don't know how good he is on radio. You'll have to tell him that I said that. Okay
11: just please for a minute. I haven't
14: felt this bad since the late seventies the only time I felt worse is when I had to carry you on my back every day. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. I really, I really had a time breeding. Uh, That's the Marquee he, step I brought there. it home.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Wednesday in the Tyball studio. That means the governor is with us, Bo and Beth, alongside, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
16: That's usually nothing. I do. I was about to say that's never happened before. I know it. That's usually your cue. Usually I'm going, you know, I gotta get something off my chest.
4: <laughs>
16: <laughs> that time you look down at your chest. What do I have something
4: to I have nothing to get <laughs> off my chest. Okay. So here's what we were talking about in the uh, the commercial break that I think is really fascinating because we were talking uh, at the end of our seven o'clock hour with Brett Winterbull about Nikki Haley's end game and that she said that she was staying in the race, he said, okay, this is what I think. I think Nikki Haley is staying in the presidential race, but not as a Republican, which led me to the question, does that mean that you think that she might be a no-labels candidate? Would she be a person that no-labels would pick to be at the top of their ticket? And here you are to answer (laughs) questions for us.
16: Well, as co-chairman of (laughs) no-labels, along with Ben Chavis and uh, Joe Joe Lieberman, I'm very careful about what I say about no labels, because right. I'm an insider, mm. and I've served on boards of directors of companies, and as an insider, you can't convey information that you may know. But I know this, regarding Nikki Haley and running on another independent ticket, including no labels, it would be very difficult, because many laws, many states have laws which prohibit someone from running in a primary for one job on one ticket, like Republican or Democrat, and then if they lose in the general changing their party affiliation and running again on a third-party ticket. It's almost like non-compete laws. Ah. You can't change in the middle. It's called sore loser laws. Oh. You can't be a sore loser and say, I lost in the primary, therefore in the general... I'm going to get on another ticket and run for the same office. Well, so so let's uh, make it more of a broad question. So because there are so many sore loser laws, Nikki Danae, as a third-party candidate, as president, could not win the presidency because too many states would be ruled out in the electoral count. Did you hear her speech yesterday? I heard parts of it. All right, let me give you just a, just a riff of it here.
9: I feel no need to kiss the ring. I have no fear of Trump's retribution. I'm not I'm not looking for anything from him. My own political future is of zero concern. So I hear what the political class says. But I hear from the American people, too.
2: She said she's staying in the race through, through Saturday and beyond into Super Tuesday. So the big broader question for you is, okay, what do you think she's building towards here? What's You know, the numbers suggest on
16: Saturday that she is going to get trounced by Trump. So what is she staying in for? Let's first talk about a couple of things she said. She said, I'm not kissing the ring. And I can relate to that because one thing Donald Trump demands is kissing his ring. Almost literally, you have to go down to mar and tell him how great he is. In fact, when I first met with Donald Trump at the his office um, when he was just made president-elect, people said, whatever you do is tell him how great he is and tell him how great his campaign was. His closest advisors said, whatever you do, compliment him and tell him how great he is. He likes his ego to be built up. It's kind of like me when I come into this studio. You know, mm-hmm. I demand mm-hmm. that y'all tell me how great I am, you know. It's very similar. I
4: love your new glasses.
16: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You said it exactly the way I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? But, but but you see, if you don't kiss his ring, he will go after you. And, you know, I saw this in my U.S. Senate race when Mark uh, Walker and Ted Budd, both were going down to mar a and I was told, if you want Trump's endorsement, you've got to go down to mar a and kiss the ring. Literally, that was the way it was put. I had several current politicians in Washington tell me, McCrory, if you want to get his endorsement, I said, I'm not looking for his endorsement. I'm running on my own merits. I'm not going down to kiss anyone's ring to, to win an election. Well, that ended up, not working out too well for me but my integrity's intact bud and them did bud and walker both did and then uh, bud won that contest because of mark meadows so that's the first thing she will not do that she, uh, she's done it before by the way because she was very critical of trump i went to the aspen institute with her and we were on a panel together and on the panel at the aspen institute one summer when we were both governors Trump had just made the comment about grabbing women mm-hmm. and she said you know I'm sorry we ought to boycott his hotels six months later she was UN ambassador <laughs> <laughs> so she's crawled back before and I think she's said I'm never doing it again and tell, let me tell you why she went after her husband And he she also he Trump also implied and his campaign team started releasing information about two weeks ago. I know the game very well. About two weeks ago, Trump's campaign started putting out stories, old stories on Nikki Haley before she was governor on whether or not she had affairs or not. And they were leaking that story all over the media trying to get headlines. That's why Trump Recently, about a week and a half ago, he went, where's Nikki's husband? Well, he was serving for the military, but that's not why he was asking the question. He was trying to start up those rumors again. That's very typical of campaigns. When there's two weeks to go for an election, you bring up the dirty stuff. You try to get rumors flowing bring up the negatives. You're seeing that in TV ads right now Mm -hmm. in all the races. All of a sudden, the negative ads are coming up. Trump said, for a reason, where is Nikki's husband? He was trying to stir up rumors in the state of South Carolina about Nikki Haley, and Nikki Haley knows it. And she's saying, the hell with that. I'm fighting this guy. And so I think part of this fight is now it's personal. (laughs) And politics, as I know, and it's happened to me, it gets personal, especially if you go after your personal life or your family. And by the way, Donald Trump's someone whose personal life and family has been attacked too. And you notice with him, it gets personal. Well, he does the exact same thing, and he's doing it to Nikki Haley. She brought up her husband yesterday at the end of this speech, and
2: we have a clip of that coming up, too, and some of these ads you're talking about. Bo and Beth here with Governor McCrory on this Wednesday, February 21st. So we were talking about Nikki Haley, and uh, Nikki Haley said yesterday in a speech she gave at noon that she is staying in the race. Uh, She intends to stay... You know, past this weekend and, and on beyond that, and so we started asking questions about what's her what's her end game or what's her ultimate goal here uh, as this thing you know carries on. And uh, one of the uh, one of the things you said right before we went to break is you talked about the, the, the you know politics and how it gets personal. And Nikki Haley has said over and over that uh, she doesn't take things personally, and yet here in the last couple of weeks, it's gotten personal. I mean, he, he, he started talking about uh, her husband, who is
16: deployed, and you brought up the, uh, the, the comment that he made about where is he. In and, the- and, and again, the reason he said where is he, he was trying to bring up rumors, false rumors, or rumors that have not been proved and, frankly, are irrelevant at this point in time of her having engagements outside of her marriage long before she was governor. Those rumors were out there. And when she ran for governor, fellow Republicans in a Republican primary tried to spread those rumors and take her down. And now two weeks before the primary in South Carolina, Trump again was asking the question, where's your husband? And it was calculated. I'm, listen, it's a dirty game.
4: But isn't it Politics. strange that because his, I, I just feel like it was a strange tactic on his part given that Melania his wife has not been at his campaign hypocrisy events hypocrisy means around.
16: nothing hypocrisy means nothing he's trying to bring people like a lot of other to his level and if if everything's equal then he wins that's how the game works and both democrats do the same thing i've had it done to me I'm proud to say I haven't done it to anyone. I've never done that, and I've had information on opponents of mine, and I won't even mention who, which was devastating to their family. And I went, "We're not going to do it.
6: Aww. We're
16: not going to. We're not going to play that game." Because you're talking about people's family,
6: their and, lives,
16: and so play the tape of yeah. Nikki, and you can tell. I, I've been with Nikki with her family, by the way. I went to. A, Darius Rucker concert with her here in Charlotte, and I saw the love that she has for her family and her husband and her daughters. Really great, great family. Man, it's personal when someone attacks your family. Go after me on the issues, but don't go after me on my integrity and my family. Mm. And so, here's the clip yesterday when she talked
2: about uh, this (coughs) this very story.
9: I wish Michael was here today. And I wish our children... And I could see him tonight, but we can't. He's serving on the other side of the world, where conflict is the norm, where terrorists hide among the innocent, where Iran's terrorist proxies are now attacking American troops. This is Michael's second deployment. It was hard for us to say goodbye to him the first time, when he deployed to Afghanistan. It was even harder last summer when he deployed to Africa. As every military family knows, when a loved one deploys, we start the year-long prayer. It's a prayer for their safety more than anything else. But it's also a prayer of gratitude. The kids and I know why Michael went. He stepped up to keep us safe. And not just us. He stepped up to defend our nation's freedom and our way of life. Michael is fighting for the country he loves. So are all of his brothers and sisters in arms wherever they're stationed in this dangerous world. They have made their stand because America is worth fighting and even dying for. Now I will continue to make my stand. Because America is worth living for. Thank you. God bless you. God bless South Carolina. And God bless America.
16: So what you heard there was from the heart. It is extremely tough on a family running for campaigns. And people don't think about it. You know, you go to meetings. Ah, that son of a gun. You know, so and so and so and so. Well, the spouse is hearing this Mm -hmm. about their spouse how bad they are, how they're crooked, how they're liars. But when you go after someone's spouse, and the spouse is really the third player. You know, it's like my wife, you say, this is your hobby, not mine. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when she said that to me one time. Some drunken state Republican senator got caught on an audio tape criticizing my wife. And she. I remember my wife said, Pat, this is your hobby. It's not mine any longer. Mm. By the way, that Republican senator is still in office, one of the most powerful legislators in North Carolina. And I remember Ann telling me, You didn't fight for me enough because I didn't want to escalate it. I didn't, and I should have. She's standing up for her family, not just her husband or her, her family. And what you also saw in that voice, and I've been there. Not at that level, but I've been there Is exhaustion You know, she's doing Five events, six events a day And then Interviews in between the events You don't even know where you're at You have no idea where you're at, and I've been there And so she's exhausted And what's Ironic, is she's running against someone Who's not doing five or six events Today, does one rally Boom, that's it Goes on Fox, gets a 45-minute interview, she's having to go on anything and everything. And you saw this with DeSantis, too. DeSantis was having to go on any program that would take him. And exhaustion settles in, and it's just not with you, but your family, especially your spouse, going, what the heck are we doing? She's not getting paid right now, by the way. She has no income coming in. (laughs) And so now she's at the point in time Where she is, she's taken this attack personal. So you ask me why she's staying in, I think part of it's personal. Part of it, she also wants to have a voice for the Republicans that are in the minority right now, in the party. And third, she still thinks she has a win. We all think there's still a chance we can win, regardless of what the survey's said. I always did up until the last day.
2: Well, you think she thinks that maybe something legal
16: is going to trip up Trump eventually and she'll be standing there if that happens? Oh, yeah. listen. Every candidate running for office plays all the different scenarios that might happen that might allow you to get into office. I've done it when winning and when losing. You know, when I was running my most last, my last campaign, literally it will be my last, against Ted Budd and Mark Walker and eight other people that were totally ignored, Who I felt sorry for. Um, I remember at the end my campaign staffer, my one campaign staffer said, should we believe the surveys? Do we we have any chance? Because we are at one time 30 points up until Club for Growth ran the ads playing this radio station in a very maligned, inappropriate way and misleading way. I remember her asking me and I'm going, we're gonna need a miracle. But we still have a chance. But we knew what the numbers were. And uh, she's at that stage. The heck with it. I'm going to fight. Now, the big. She's going to last till Super Tuesday. I don't think she'll go after. uh, um, Beyond that? I'll be surprised. The money will probably stop. It all comes down to money. DeSantis. DeSantis ran out of money too. He would have kept going had he had money. Well but you notice with certain politicians and it's happened with me, there are still probably five people that I will never forgive. And this is bad because it's not following my faith. My faith always says forgive, get rid of the bitterness. There are probably five people that I will always go, You try to take me and my family down. And we will name all five of those people. No, <laughs> my quarry <my laughs> top five. <laughs> yes, all but, right. but I guarantee but, you if you talk to any politician, and I'm probably on some other politicians' list without knowing it, that it's personal. News Talk
2: 1110-993-WBT. Less than a week now to the South Carolina primary. We have Governor McCrory in the House, as always, on Wednesdays, talking about the dynamics of this race. We've been talking about how personal it's become between Nikki Haley and President Trump. And, of course, uh, now the ads kick up as we get uh, closer to uh, D-Day.
16: What the the strategy is, and you're seeing this in congressional races in North Carolina, because you know, Charlotte gets hit with four different congressional, and all of a sudden the negative ads are coming out, Republican against Republican, but... The it's Republican in the South Carolina ads with a week to go is something that there's one ad that comes out that usually always came out in the past 25 years by Democrats against Republicans in the general election. And that was the ad, Republicans are going to take away your Social Security. George Bush is going to privatize your Social Security. And you'll be left dry with no money and you will starve to death and not be able to make your house payments and yada, yada, yada. Your Social Security and and Medicare and Medicaid are gone if you elect so-and-so to office. The Democrats have been doing that to Republicans for decades, always with a week to go. Well, now Republicans are doing it to Republicans because Social Security is going to be bankrupt in about seven years. In fact, Federal law says 25 percent – you'll have 25 percent cuts in your Social Security payments once Social Security is losing money, which it is now. And that happens in seven years. So a lot of Republican congressmen or fiscal conservatives are going, we need to maybe move the retirement age to 70, or you can't take money at 60 as opposed to wait till 65. Or they might be coming up with ideas if you're in a certain income – you don't get all your Social Security. They're trying to bring up ways to keep Social Security. Well, Ron DeSantis did this as a conservative member of the Freedom Caucus. In Iowa, Donald Trump went after Ron DeSantis with a week to go with, Ron DeSantis is going to take away your Social Security. Well, this week, Donald Trump is doing it to Nikki Haley. Social security, Medicare, how would you manage the entitlements?
9: We say the rules have changed. We change retirement age to reflect life expectancy. What we do know is 65 is way too low and we need to increase that, increase that.
1: Haley's plan cuts Social Security benefits
10: for 82% of Americans. Trump will never let that happen. I'm Donald J. Trump and I approve this message.
16: That is a Democratic ad in a Republican primary by someone who's said by the media is the most conservative president will ever have. That is not a conservative ad. That is a liberal ad accusing Republicans of being fiscally responsible and actually trying to save Social Security. So Donald Trump and Joe Biden are both saying, I will not touch your Social Security, even though they both know the numbers mean Social Security is going to go away if we do nothing.
4: And then all of us who have been paying into it our entire lives, making money and paying into the Social Security, that money's just gone?
16: No, because Donald Trump and Joe Biden say, I won't touch your Social Security. Well, if they're not going to touch your Social Security, where are they going to find the money to pay for it? They're not saying. They're just telling the average voter who's over 60 years old, On Social Security, we will not touch your Social Security. By the way, that Donald Trump commercial has old people in it. On oxygen. (laughs) In wheelchairs. I'm Donald Trump. I won't touch your Social Security, but Nikki Haley will. This is what Tip O'Neill used to do to Ronald Reagan. This is what Nancy Pelosi used to do to George Bush. And now this is what... Donald Trump is doing to Nikki Haley. And before that in Iowa he ran an almost identical ad against Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is probably the most conservative person who's ever run for president. and His record is truly conservative in both Congress and as governor. And yet we now as Republicans in a primary are pulling out the Social Security card. And it works, even in a Republican primary. That's the game of politics. I'm Pat McCrory. Hey, don't
2: forget, you can join Breaking Brett Jensen at the first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024. Oh, my gosh. Thursday, February 29th six to nine at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Wow. You can watch Brett host his show, Breaking with Brett Jensen. You can browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba, and enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of the Vintage WBT Cigar Club, Thursday, February 29th. Seating is limited, so lock in your reservation today. You can email cigar at wbt.com for reservations. you gonna going to show up?
16: You know, my problem with smoking cigars—I like it, but I'm the type who has to, who gets a lot of slobber.
4: Sl- <laughs> so, does, are you trying to say that your your cigar gets soggy?
16: Well, I have to <laughs> spit. A little bit of slobber going on. This is not. Yeah, I yeah. love cigars, but then when I was governor, a couple people would bring over cigars. The mansion got Henry Hinton, the old radio mm-hmm, guy mm-hmm. in Green, Greenville. He'd come over, and we'd smoke cigars next to the fire pit, and uh, my chief of staff would be so mad at me because I was always sick the next day. <laughs> but I love the smell of cigars. Well, you have to. My tell. old driver, Chris, who I love, he's from Charlotte. He he's a big cigar smoker whenever he drove me all around.
4: So you just smell his cigars? I
16: love Chris. Great man.
4: I haven't been around cigars a lot. I mean, I... I, I, I think maybe I could conjure the smell of a cigar, yeah. but I, I haven't been around. The
16: doesn't smoke cigars?
4: I mean, when he plays golf, but I don't golf with him a lot. Yeah. Um,
5: you ever smelled a butt before, Beth? Uh, a butt? Uh, it smells like a butt. Careful there, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the like a
4: cigar butt? <laughs>
5: yes.
16: So, Speaking yes. of cigars, this is... Sorry, Bo. <laughs> I is do the, have the dump button right here. This is the time uh, in a campaign season, and you're seeing it in all the congressional races. Where the campaign consultants are smoking cigars and going, if you're going to win, we got to go negative. Oh! And right now, almost all the races in this area are in Republican districts, oh, gerrymandered. Yeah. Repo- you're you're seeing no Democratic commercials because they're gerrymandered, and the Democrats have no opposition in their primary. But we've got all these open seats, Dan Bishop's seats open, and you got all these people running. Have you noticed all of a sudden the negative ads? Well, we had a debate. A six-way debate between those candidates that are trying yeah, to win that Yeah, and they start race. attacking each other. But now the ads are, you know, one person's corrupt. How dare you vote for him? Another person's for amnesty. Mm-hmm. So-and-so's for amnesty. You can't vote for him. I'm for a wall. He's for amnesty. Vote for me. Well, and
2: Mark, Mark Harris is running in that race, so obviously there's some... Well, Mark some, Harris uh, is right now leading...
16: But what I mean is you're seeing negative ads uh, towards him. So whoever's in the lead... Gets the most ads directed toward them. Right. That's what the campaign consultants are smoking cigars and going, uh, if you want to win this race, we got to put down your opponent. And you're seeing this with uh, Harrigan now. Is it Harrigan?
4: Pat Harrigan, yeah. Pat
16: Harrigan is all of a sudden these ads. Pat Harrigan's for amnesty. They have my recorder saying sooner or later, we got to give, you know, from an interview a while back. And so the opponent's gone negative. And you're seeing this in the Greensboro district, which has a slice of, um, has Cabarrus County, Cabarrus County. There are three people in that race. Mark Walker is, I think in the lead, but the two young kids under 30 are now going after him, calling him a liberal. And Mark Harris is probably I mean Mark Walker is one of the most conservative people I've ever been around in my life. But because Trump is not endorsing him, he's now a rhino. And there's no one more conservative than Mark Walker. It's just an amazing thing where the guys in cigars going, Okay, this is what we're gonna say. I had this done in my governor's race against Purdue. I was behind by three points, and my campaign manager, a wonderful guy named Jack Hawk, he has since passed away, met me at a bar hamburger place in Raleigh and said, I've got an ad for you. We've got to get it out if you're going to win this race. I said, what are you talking about? He says, we've already done the ad. I just need your permission to play it. And it had to do with the killing, the murder of the college student, at Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. She was president of student body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some black African American African American teens killed her. So there was a racial element involved and a crime element. And they wanted me to do a commercial basically saying Beverly, Purdue. If she would have been tough on crime, this crime against these this beautiful young president of the student body wouldn't have happened. And I went, I can't do it. He went, well, you're going to lose the election if you can't do it. And this is where people said, McCrory's not tough enough. But at that time, the family, I mean, this murder had just occurred. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going about to put her picture of their daughter on TV in a TV ad, accusing someone of having blood on their hands, a, a politician for having blood on their hands for the murder of this senior... University of North Carolina Chapel well, a wonderful wonderful person because the only people responsible for that murder at the end is the kid who did it now should have those kids been on the street no but I don't know I think that I told Jack it's not gonna happen
4: but that says a lot I think about you I, I think well, so many some g-
16: people say. It people, and I've had fellow Republicans say he's not going to fight for it, and there's probably a certain point where I not, I will not go below the belt to win an election.
4: And consultants can be very persuasive in their arguments toward people. I think a lot of candidates get lost in the process. I know that I, 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 I've i said this in, in interviews when I ran that I, I had so many people in my ear that I... Felt like I forgot how to be myself in the the course of the campaign.
16: Oh, they'll, yeah, they'll try to make you. Sometimes the consultants become your boss instead of you being the boss over the consultant. Oh,
4: one hundred. And I was young, so I, yeah. I thought they knew better. And then the
16: consultants will tell you two things. One is you got to go negative. You got to just attack, attack, attack. Or you've got to spend your own money on some ads right now mm-hmm. and put your family in debt. Mm-hmm. To all the candidates, don't go in personal debt with two weeks to go. The odds are against it, and you're going to put your family in trouble in the long run. That'll wrap it. The governor, Bo, and Beth. Glad to have Beth back today.
2: Thanks to Bernie and Tommy. Everybody have a great day. Thank
16: you, Bo. I love you, Bo. Deep down. Deep down. Deep it's pretty. Yeah, it's red. It's like like that rabbit. You want Bill Graham? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: well, no, that's really deep. Okay. <laughs>